Welcome to Nimbin Live, the number one place on the internet to learn about YouTube, network with other content creators, and have an awesome time doing it. My name is Nick, and today I'm answering your YouTube questions. So if you have a question about what it is that you are doing on YouTube, there's a form down in the description of the stream right now where you can get your questions answered. So we don't have hardly any questions in there right now because I recently cleared out the form. So if you got a question, get it in there and it'll get answered on the stream today. So make sure you get it in there. Now, I do want to let you know um, that this stream today um, is brought to you by TubeBuddy, which is the number one tool for YouTube content creators. TubeBuddy will help you optimize your videos for discovery. It'll help you test your thumbnails. So you can upload two different thumbnails and it'll swap them back and forth and let you know which one people respond to better. It'll help you find great video ideas, all kinds of fantastic tools in TubeBuddy. It's one of those essential tools that if you're a YouTube content creator, you should have it in your toolbox. <laughs> but you can try that for uh, free at TubeBuddy.com slash Nimmin. Of course, I have a link for that down in the um, description of this stream right now, as well as a link for our co-sponsor, which is StreamYard. StreamYard is the live streaming platform that I use to stream this every single Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern. And the reason I use StreamYard is because it's easy. They do all the heavy lifting for me in the cloud, so it's also easy on my computer. It makes it easy for me to add graphics on the screen like you can see right now. Makes it easy for me to bring on guests by simply hitting one button and copying a link and sending that to uh, like Facebook message or whatever. So somebody else can, you know, pick up that link. Everything about it is super easy. That's actually one of their pillars that they stand by is they want it to be easy to use. But if you're a live streamer, definitely check out um, StreamYard at StreamYard.com. Or of course, you can check out the link um, that I have down in the description for that as well, as well as a bunch of other helpful tools and resources that will help you as a YouTube content creator. Man, I'm super pumped up to live stream today. So I, I've been kind of like fiending a little bit, right? Because like I didn't uh, do the news last week because there wasn't anything, you know, like that big of a deal that was happening. Um, I was uh, down because of my tooth issue. So I had that um, where I didn't stream last Saturday. Didn't do the monetization stream because we're in the process of renewing that whole thing. Um, didn't do my news yesterday because again, nothing really, you know, that that was really worthy of, you know, going live about. Um, but we're here today. So super pumped up to be here live streaming today. I hope that I can answer some, you know, good uh, questions for you today. And by the time you leave this stream, my goal is you're going to know a little bit more about YouTube than you did before you came on this stream today. So again, just remember it's Saturday night here too, PUBG. Um, uh, so, <laughs> so if you are just joining the stream, um, or if this is your first time here, what we're doing is we are talking about all things related to YouTube. So I have a form down in the description and how this usually plays out, especially if you're watching this on the replay is I answer a question that, that's in this form. And then I move to the next question. Sometimes I'll hop into chat. I'll answer questions out of there. But since we do add timestamps to these now, you are also able, if you're watching this on the replay, to just go down to the description or maybe skim across the bar along the bottom and just find the content that, you know, that answers some of the questions that you had in mind for some of the things that you're dealing with um, as well, because we talk about tons of different things here. So really quick, Jelly Duck 100, a member for 30 months. Thank you for your 30 months of support. I hope that you are getting value out of that. Says Yippie Kaye <laughs> as the uh, member message there. Doug Houston, YT in the house. What's up, my dude? Hope that you are doing fantastic. Nice to see you in here as well. Chantel Hills, hope that you are doing great. Great. Nice to see you here as well. Hope everybody has had a fantastic week, or I'd say a couple of weeks, you know, because it's been a little bit. And really quick. What's up, people? This your boy, Viper.
Viper, man about tech in the house. What's up, Viper? Hope that you're doing fantastic. I hope I hit that right the, the right button there because uh, I can't actually hear right now because I had to adjust my audio for this thing that I'm doing right now. So basically, for those of you that are watching on YouTube, right now I'm also sending this out to Instagram vertically. Um, so I got this box. Um, it's called a, here, let me switch to this camera here so you can see it. Um, so I got this box, it's called a um, an in-stream. And with this box, it's this one right here, it lets me stream vertically to uh, like Instagram and TikTok. But currently I can't stream over to TikTok because I don't have enough followers over there. So if you have a TikTok account and you haven't followed me over there yet, I think I've got like 400 more people that, that need to follow me over there so I can stream over there as well. So please head over there and uh, make sure that you follow me over on TikTok if you have a TikTok account so that hopefully within like a week or two, hopefully we can um, stream over there and I'm also uploading content um, over there too that'll help you with your YouTube channel. So make sure that you check that out as well. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna go ahead and get into the stream. We've got you know some people showing up, so we're going to you know go ahead and get into the um, actual content that you showed up for today and um, get in here and start answering your questions about the things that you're dealing with on YouTube right now. So um, traveling with Brian says, glad that you're back, Nick. Was jonesing for your inspiration? Thanks, man. I super appreciate that, Brian. Yeah, I was jonesing too. Like you know, like I, last last Saturday, I'll be honest. Last Saturday, I could have streamed, but like most of the stream, I would have been just kind of holding my mouth open like this and like my energy wouldn't have been there and I would have been talking, you know, a little bit funny, you know what I mean? So it, would have, it wouldn't have been the same. So I was like, eh, you know, we'll just skip it. Uh, you know, we'll just skip it this week. But um, the first question that we are um, going to drop on the list, need for oxygen, happy to have you back. Cafe Fit, what's up? Hope that you're doing awesome. Iron Wolf, good morning to you as well. And Minecraft things, thank you for the super chat. Says, would love to hear your answer. Love your work. Thank you for the kind words and for the super chat. Super appreciated. So the very first question is actually from Minecraft Things and Minecraft Things does daily content. The type of channel is gaming and how-to content and tutorials. This is all based around Minecraft, it seems. The goal of the channel is to create a better life for me and my family financially. So I've got some tips for you for that just by itself. But the question is, hey Nick, a couple of days ago, my analytics went all types of crazy and glitchy with some errors and my community tab went for a walk missing and never came back. Is there a way to get it back? YouTube forums didn't help me at all. Love your work. So. Um, if you are having some types of some type of glitch in your analytics, that just comes down to a bug or something. So I would just make sure that your app is up to date. Make sure that you're using an official app and not like a, you know something that you downloaded somewhere else. Um, if you're on a computer, of course, you'd be going in and you'd be seeing the interface like normal. So if you do have that glitch, then in that case, you did take the right route in terms of trying to contact um, YouTube through the community forums for that. But you can also try to contact them um, on Twitter at Team YouTube. And by doing that, then you have already put it on the radar for the people over on the forums, and then hopefully Team YouTube will be able to you know, send you to the right documentation that you need. And in terms of the community tab being taken away, that's really odd. <laughs> that's actually the first time I've heard of a community tab being removed from a channel. So um, so I would definitely send at Team YouTube a tweet and you know, see if you can get any type of feedback from them on what could possibly be going on. And you're saying that you're using a PC? Yeah, then it's a glitch of some kind. So I would definitely get in touch uh, with them. But if you have a Twitter account, just at Team YouTube, and they help people with you know problems like that. They'll probably just send you like a help doc that will uh, you know that will tell you some specific steps that you have to take. But one thing that I would recommend if you aren't a computer is make sure before you go through those efforts, make sure you like clean your cache and you know all that stuff that we have to do when things are getting kind of clogged up and glitchy anyway. Um, so I would try that first, and then depending on how that works out, then of course I would reach out to them on uh, Twitter see if they can get you sorted over there. 
So how we got here, genealogy, what's going on? Hope you're doing great today. KMH family, hope you're doing awesome. Nice to see you here, Drew Project, what's up my dude? So um, so your next question that we have here on our list, and just as a reminder for those of you that are joining us over on Instagram, um, the mainstream is happening over on YouTube. So um, if you are over there, it looks like we've got one person actually over there on Instagram. So if you're on Instagram, come hang out over on uh, on YouTube. But the next question that we have here is from Adventures in Time. Adventures in Time says that they have a watch review channel and other content about watches. Let me back up real quick. Shark Scrapper, what's up, man? Hope you're doing awesome. So um, I'm gonna back up here really quick. And one thing that I did mention to the Minecraft channel is I mentioned that I did have some other tips. Um, so one of the goals that they have here is to create a better life for them and their family. Um, and this was for uh, Minecraft things. So one thing that I do want to just mention to you really quick before I answer the next question is that for anybody here that is trying to generate income from YouTube of some kind to either, you know, just get more money or to, you know, possibly do this full time in the future or something like that, or maybe even just like, a you know, some side money to kind of just help help pay the bills or whatever. One thing that I do recommend to you is put a plan together for how you're going to monetize because a lot of people think that when it comes to YouTube that you can only make money from YouTube ads, but in reality, you can make money in a lot of different ways on YouTube. I've actually got the last video on my channel, I think it's actually pinned at the top of the chat right now, talking about eight of the most popular ways outside of YouTube AdSense. So I recommend that you check out that video, but another part of that is a lot of content creators, they'll think that they have to have like, oh, I gotta have 10,000 subscribers or 100,000 subscribers before I can really start making money for my channel. I do wanna let you know that you can make a decent amount of money as a small YouTube channel as well, but through YouTube ads, it's a lot more difficult. So even if you do not have um, AdSense turned on, like if you're not in the partner program yet because you're still trying to get that 1,000 subscribers, that 4,000 hours of watch time, keep in mind you can still promote things as an affiliate, you can still work with brands, you can still create your own products and promote those, you can still create merch through somebody like Spreadshop to where all you have to do is upload a design and drive traffic to it and then people can buy merch. Keep in mind if you're gonna do that, it's better to, of course you wanna have your logo stuff in there for you know the people that get into what it is that you're doing, but when you are putting merch out, it's also good practice to make sure that you're just putting out merch about things that your community would find, you know, funny or interesting or that it would represent them in some way or something like that so that you can use it as a way to make a connection through the graphics that you have or through the merch that you have. And it doesn't necessarily have to be about you or them wearing like a logo for your YouTube channel or whatever. So just a little quick tip um, for that as well. And then of course you have crowdfunding as well, um, which is, you know, you can use your um, paypal.me link. You can use buy me a coffee. You can use Ko-Fi. Um, you can use Patreon, anything like that. But one of the things that I just want to make sure that anybody here is aware of, if you're trying to make money from what it is that you're doing on YouTube, is you can go ahead and start, you know, start implementing some of these things now. And the the thing that I like to say is a part of this is the best part about it is as your YouTube channel grows, if you start implementing this stuff now, if you're a new content creator, as your YouTube channel grows, then your income will grow along with it. So then by the time you hit some of those milestones that other content creators are just starting to think about like, okay, now I'm starting to get some momentum, so now what can I do to, to, to monetize this? Instead of doing that, you're already gonna be making money by the time those people get to that point. So, um, so because of that, make sure that you are considering those things and you go ahead and start getting them in place now. But the next question that we have here on the list is from Adventures with Time. 
They've been on YouTube for, um, or they upload one time per week or more. They've been on YouTube for over a year. The type of channels, they do watch reviews and other content about watches. And the goal of the channel is to help other watch enthusiasts and to make some extra money. Um, the question is, with YouTube adding the inline player where they start showing a video when you hover over the thumbnail, what is a good tactic for the opening seconds of our videos to get the click through? I assume the usual talking head intros will not do. So here's the thing. They actually sample that out of different places in the video. So it's not always the very beginning of the video. So as of right now, we can't really control what it is that people see there. Um, if we could, it would be fantastic because then we would have the option to say like, hey, highlight this particular you know section of the video or whatever. But as of right now, it'll just pull out, you know, random parts of the video based on things that people are, are finding interesting in it. Next up on the list here, Creator Classroom, what's going on? Hope you're doing great. Um, Ernesto Esparza, they do gaming content. The goal of the channel is to reach 40 subscribers. And the question is, how can I go to reach 90 subscribers? Okay, that's a great question. So we're gonna go ahead and get this one out of the way first. So when it comes to your YouTube channel, anybody here that's trying to get, um, you know, more, uh, you know, anybody that's trying to get more subscribers, anybody's trying to get more views, anything like that on your YouTube channel, it's important to make sure that you're thinking about the value that you're providing to other people. So people interpret value in a bunch of different ways. You know, for some people, value comes from, you know, motivational type content, another thing, it's, you know, or another type type is, you know, entertainment because people use it as an escape, a way to kind of forget about everything else that's going on and just kind of focus on that content for a little bit. So there's some value there. Um, if you teach people stuff then there's a lot of value there, um, if you are just helping people with anything, um, then, you know, there's value attached to that. But what you have to do if you want to get more subscribers on your YouTube channel is start defining, okay, what exactly is it that people are getting out of my content? So for every video that I upload to my YouTube channel, what does somebody walk away with? Right. And if you say, okay, um, I entertain people, that's great, right? Because that's a that's a good start. But when you're thinking of I entertain people, then what you got to think about is okay, what exactly is it that I'm doing that other people, not just me, but that other people will find entertaining so that you can make sure that you are intentionally delivering entertainment content? Because sometimes people will be like, Oh yeah, I'm just funny, so I'm just gonna like do whatever. But if people aren't really picking that up and you can tell that by, you know, just how people are responding to your videos or how people are subscribing to your content or whatever. But if people aren't really picking that up, then in that case, you got to, you know, switch things or change things up a little bit in order to make sure that the value that you intend through your content can be received on the other end. Now, in addition to that, it's also very important to make sure that it is clear that you make that type of content all the time. Because one thing you gotta think about is when it comes to somebody subscribing to your YouTube channel, you have people that are coming into your content that have never experienced anything you've done before. So they don't know that you have an entire channel full of content, just like the video that they're watching right now that they're loving. So one thing that you can do is just have a quick value proposition. Um, basically, you just take all of the content that you make on your YouTube channel, you narrow it down to this is what I do on my YouTube channel, and you just let people know just as a very quick blurb that that's what you do on your YouTube channel. And keep in mind, you don't have to make this an interruptive experience. You don't have to say, hey, before we get started on this channel, we do this, that, and the other thing, blah, blah, blah. You don't have to do that. You can do it in passing while you're doing something else, right? And then when you spread that awareness really quickly about what it is that you do, then you just drop a quick call to action to remind them to subscribe to the channel. Because if you make good content, they're enjoying the content, then they're gonna be into the content, not necessarily thinking about the con or thinking about subscribing if they're not like a YouTube content creator, right? So because of that, that little nudge makes a, makes a big difference. 
Um, next up on the channel, hey, Amy Johnson, hope you're doing great. Retro the Emperor, what's going on, dude? Hope you're doing awesome. Um, K, uh, King CMC TV. And for those of you that are hanging out on Instagram, just a heads up, um, we're doing this on YouTube as well. So, you know, if you do have the YouTube app or if you're on a computer or whatever, if it would be more um, pleasant for you to, you know, experience this over on YouTube, feel free to head over there. I've got, um, I thought I had a thing on the screen, but I guess I didn't. There it is right there at the bottom of the screen where you can find me on YouTube as well. But um, King MC, uh, CMC TV says they do gaming content. The goal of the channel is to monetize. The question is, when is your next monetization uh, tip stream of yours? My live stream is getting 73.8% of YouTube recommending my content, which is 1.5 thousand. How can I keep getting impression from a live stream I did four or five days ago? Should I change titles? Great question. So to recap this question, it is, to get more live stream views after the live stream is complete, what do you do? This is what you do. So first, you have to make sure that you are post optimizing the stream. And what that means is when your live stream is complete, make sure that you go in and you update the thumbnail and the title based on what it was that you were doing in the actual stream itself. Or if you had, cause you're on gaming content. So if you notice, you know, like, hey, we did something like spectacular here, then you can go in and you can take the screenshots that you need and remake your thumbnail and just kind of optimize the whole thing around that. Um, the next thing you wanna do is of course, in order for YouTube to recommend it more to people, people have to to have a good experience with it. So because of that, you have to make sure that you're structuring your live stream in a way that will help people have a better experience with it so that YouTube will detect that and then YouTube will end up showing it to more people because of the people having a better experience with it. So what you do, is make sure that when you first start your live stream, that instead of you know just doing like a hangout or having like a countdown timer or anything like that, make sure that you just tell people, this is what we're doing during this particular live stream, or this is a challenge that we're trying to accomplish so they can get a little bit more invested to see if you can accomplish it or not, those types of things. But just add a hook to the beginning of your live stream for the people that are gonna be coming in on the replay. And as you're putting your stream together and everything that you're doing in your live stream, make sure that you are thinking about that replay experience because in a lot of cases, live streams are great for the live experience. So if you're hanging out, just like all of you are here, if you're hanging out, you know, people are, you know, enjoying the stream, people are chatting with you and with each other and all this stuff, and it's great. But for the for the replay experience, it's a totally different thing because, you know, they don't get to be in the chat and have you say like, hey, what's going on? Or like, you know, whatever the thing is. So because of that, they're just coming in and experiencing a piece of content, just like anything else that they would click on. So what you wanna make sure that you're thinking when it comes to your live stream and how you're structuring it is, when they first come in, I gotta make sure I'm hooking them. Then once I hook them, then I gotta make sure I start giving them the content. And then as I'm giving them the content, I gotta start making sure that I'm thinking to myself, okay, this part of the stream, is this something that people would stick around and watch? Is this something they'd find interesting? Is this something that I can do a little bit faster in order to get through it? Is this something I need to slow down and focus some attention on because a lot of people might have some questions about this, that type of thing. But as you're going through it, Make sure you're keeping all of that type of stuff in mind. Um, and if you do wanna do the hangout stuff, right? Like if you're like, hey, I'm, a, I'm live streaming. I, the whole purpose of my live stream is I wanna interact with my community and all that, which you should. Then in that case, you, you can also structure your stream in a way to where you have all that stuff at the very beginning. And then once your stream is complete, then you cut all that stuff off. So the tip that I like to give for this one is you have all your shout out sessions, your countdown timers, all that stuff happens um, for the live experience, but you know you're gonna cut it off, right? So what you do is you go and you go through that entire process and then you reset your stream by saying, 
if you're just joining us and then you pause for a second and then you say, today we're talking about blah, 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 or, um, you know, in this video I'm or in this stream, I'm going to be trying to accomplish this specific thing or whatever. And then what you do on the replay is you look for that moment in time where you say, hey, if you're just joining us and then you pause for that second, right at that pause is where you cut it. And then you cut off all that stuff previous to that pause. And what the reason that you do that is the people that are coming in on the replay, right? For them, all they're gonna see is, today we're talking about blah, 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 let's get into it. And then you actually start the, the content that they clicked and came in for. Cause they didn't click to come in and watch you like shout out a bunch of people and you know, all that good stuff. So by doing that, that will help you get more uh, live views on your replays uh, by doing all of those things. Keep in mind, um, I do have, um, I do live streams every month over on the StreamYard YouTube channel, and they are, you know, the live streaming tool that I use to stream this every weekend. And um, on that channel, I have an entire playlist of live streaming to YouTube, but a nice handful of the videos in there are about getting better results out of your replays. So um, I definitely recommend that you check that um, playlist out so that you can, you know, just kind of, you know, just get up to speed on the things that you need to do in order to create that better experience for the replay viewers. iPhone Chris. Super chat. Thank you for the super chat, my man. Super, uh, super appreciate it there. So next up on our list here, this is from Creator Classroom, the Creator Classroom. Um, the goal of the channel is to teach people how to use Canva. Um, it's mainly for content creators. So she teaches people how to make like thumbnails and channel art, stuff like that for content creators. The question is, says, thank you for doing um, what you do so we can all do what we do. I'm experimenting with a new way to teach Canvas skills in December, partially out of necessity for health reasons. I may wish to do these types of lessons in the future, but when experimenting with something new, how long do you try the new thing before you can get feedback in the analytics? Thanks again. So um, the thing that you do is, um, if you are getting a lot of information from them in terms of like, let's say that you have um, a live stream and let's say you typically get, you know, like 500 views on your live stream. Then in that case, I would do like 10 of those and see, you know, how people respond to them. Um, but if you're getting you know, like thousands and thousands of views, you can just do a handful of them, like let's say five, and then you'll get plenty of data right there to let you know if what you're doing is, is heading down the right path or not. Um, and then you say, don't need to read this part okay yeah so um so when it comes to that um yeah basically you just need to make sure that the data that you're looking at is statistically significant right because if you don't have a lot of activity then you can't really make you know tons of uh you know calls on the activity that you had so if you don't get a lot of activity on the content then you need to make more content in order to you know increase the numbers so to speak so you can have more to work with um, but if you are getting a decent amount of information then you can do less pieces of content in order to get like a solid confirmation that what you're doing is the is the you know is heading in the right direction um, let's see here. Next up on the list here, we've got um, Poop Scoop for Noobs. Says they do a poop scooping business. The goal of the channel is to become a resource for other scoopers. And the question is, what are some great strategies to maximize average view duration and average percentage viewed um, with talking head videos? I'm implementing a new segment in my channel where I answer questions submitted from my audience. I'm trying to open loops, changing B-roll, sound effects with graphics, et cetera. But I want to know what else I could do to focus on the viewer satisfaction experience and keep them on talking head videos for as long as possible. So this is a great question. So you're doing all the things, right? So you're doing the things. The, the other thing that you might want 
wanna make sure that you do have on your list is pattern interrupts. So pattern interrupts are, I mean, technically like B-roll and things like that could be, but a pattern interrupt can also be to where you kind of throw a wrench into, uh, you know, into the content. So what that means is, let's say that your pacing is going along, right? Like this entire live stream, I've been talking the same speed, uh, maybe I'll fluctuate my voice a little bit, that sort of thing. But if I start slowing everything down, and then let's say that right here, I were to have a moment to where I had just like in your case, cause you do scooping right now during this moment where I've slowed everything down a little bit, let's say that I had just like a thing of a dog because you mentioned a dog and you know, when you were, you're in your video, let's say you mentioned a dog and you just have like a little thing of a dog and the dog's just kind of like, you know, running around sniffing the grass or whatever. You have some little circus music da, 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 type thing playing while the dog's running around the grass. And then bam, you come right back into the content and you start speeding everything back up again. And then you, you know, get back into the content again. So when you are playing with like the speed of your communication, when you're throwing in those pattern interrupts and things like that, where you're kind of breaking the pacing of the video sometimes, then what can happen is it'll cause people to, to reset as they're going through there in terms of their brain. So it's like, hey, I've just been getting, you know, kind of hammered with information or with, you know, the content. And then like, bam, whoa, there's something different. What's going on here? Like I'm seeing something different. I'm hearing something different. There's like weird music playing what's going on and they're like oh wait okay we're back into the content again right so um so i would definitely add that to your um arsenal so to speak to um you know of, of, of things to uh do but the hook is going to be the best thing so in terms of keeping people interested the 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 top most important way besides all the you know tricky things that you can do in the content itself because technically you know like these live streams right like my news live streams that i do like some of those will get crushed with views and there's no editing at all Right. So because of that, um, just keep in mind that the topic of what it is that you're talking about, that by itself will carry your average view duration for a substantial amount of time if it's interesting enough to people. Um, in addition to that, like when it comes to your topic, you also have to think about how am I gonna package up that topic with my thumbnail and title so that as they come into my video, I'm meeting their expectations, right? So if you can get that covered from the outside as well, then that will also ensure that people are watching your content for a longer period of time because you're giving them exactly what it is that they expected when they clicked on your content, but you're thinking about it from the topical level and thinking like, okay, the people that are interested into this, um, into you know the scooping business, what can I do for them that is going to make them, by the time they're done with that video, or as not even done with the video, but that topically, that's just gonna make them say, yeah, you know what, I need to watch this if I'm you know gonna try to you know level up my scooping business or whatever the thing is. So start at the topic, and then from there, you know, do uh, you know focus on all the little tricky things you can do once they're in the actual content itself. Um, let's see here. So as we keep on going, we've got, um, some guy called Jay, some guy called Jay says they do gaming content, the goal of the channels to get people to play more games and have a few people smile. If you're a gamer, just say me, just curious how many gamers we have in the house. Love asking that question. Cause there's usually a decent amount, <laughs> but, um, the goal of the channels to get people to play more games and make a few people smile. The question is, Hey Nick, um, I need some help when it comes to lighting. I've been trying to find videos on darker skin tones, but I've not had any luck. Do you have any tips or recommendations I should watch? I hope to improve my lighting to get rid of grain as well. So, um, my brother has a great, great video over on the StreamYard YouTube channel about lighting specifically. Um, I've got a few on my channel. If you look at, if you look up Nick Nimmin lighting, um, or if you look up D Nimmin lighting, 
you should see on mine, you should see the videos on my channel, um, or maybe some that I've made on other channels. Like there might be like a live view um, video that pops up too, um, to where there's examples. Like, you know, you do this, you do this, this is why you do this, that kind of stuff. Um, and then my brother's video also breaks it down in that way. Um, and you know, has some really good tips in there. So when it comes to lighting yourself, everything comes down to the intensity of the light, um, the position of the light, the color of the light, and what else is happening, right? So for example, and what you're seeing right now, I actually didn't turn the light on over here so it's not as bright as it typically is. So right now I just have one big light up here and then I have two lights coming from behind that you can't see that are just like upright, you know, kind of like in this area back over there. And um, with those, the reason I have those is because it puts a little bit of light here so that I can wear a black shirt, be on this dark background, and you can still see even if I didn't have that blue light back there. But I level it up by putting that blue light back there, which creates additional separation. So then you have it to where, you know, I'm separated from or, or using these lights that's separating me from the background. And then I also have that blue light to just kind of, you know, create much more depth with what it is that people are seeing. But everything's gonna come down to that intensity, the position, how many, I guess we should add that, um, and um, and the color of the light itself. Because you know, when it comes to the color of the light, that makes a huge difference. You wanna make sure that you are um, balancing for daylight balance, which is usually right around like 5,500 or 6,500 Kelvin. So that's, that's what you wanna make sure you're doing. Um, let's see here. Okay, next up on our list, somebody asked why I'm muted. Oh, it looks like one of the devices shut off here. Oh, that's not good. Okay, maybe that will, uh, maybe that'll bring it back in. All right, well, there goes the Instagram stream. <laughs> What's up, Brad? Welcome to the stream, dude. So um, let's see here, some guy called JK, we answered his already. So now I'm like in panic mode. I'm like feeling around for another device that I can use. Okay, so that's good. It's that the actual receiver is the problem, I think. Oh, it's not, it's the mic. Ha, it's the mic. So yeah, I'll be able, I'll, I'll be able to fix this really quick in real time. Okay, so the next question that we have here um, on the list is we have, this is from Nodding Hook Crochet. Um, Nodding Hook Crochet says that they do, um, they teach crochet. That's what they do for the channel. Um, the goal of the channel is to share their hobby um, with of crocheting. The question is, they say that first, I wanna thank you for being the guy who actually responds to and answers questions. Thank you. So one thing that we try to do is that specifically, because when it comes to, you know, all of this stuff, like it's, it's tough, right? Like there's, there's a lot of, of moving parts with all of this stuff and there's a steep learning curve. So because of that, you know, like we try to make sure like all the comments get answered. We try to answer as many of the, the, the form, you know, questions that come in during the amount of time that we have for these live streams. We try to make additional content in order to make sure that, you know, other questions are answered. So, uh, so yeah, my, my pleasure. I'm glad that you are enjoying the content. But um, the question says, I'm uh, finally after 10 months reached my 4,000 hours of watch time. And after the first year, I want to remove videos that no longer fit the theme of my channel. What is the best route making them private, unlisted, or delete them forever and why? So first, I want you to just make sure that you are aware that when you have public videos, 
you have all of the watch time um, for those particular videos, but when you unlist them or you private them or you delete them, you're going to lose the public watch time for that content. So of course, like you're getting momentum, everything's moving forward for you. So you're gonna be able to, you know, kind of make it up. So it's not gonna be that big of a deal, but just keep in mind when you do remove those, um, it could put you back under that threshold for the requirements. So just make sure that you are going to be able to make up for it on the other end with the new content that you've put out before you deleted the old content. In addition to that, um, since you know you did just reach the requirement, I would just wait a little bit. So I would wait a little bit so that you can make sure that you do put out some additional content so you can kind of fill that hole so that you can make sure that you're still over that 4,000 um, hours for the you know one year time. And, um, and then that once you have that done, then you can take away anything that's not relevant to the channel. But when it comes to taking a video that's public and deciding to unlist it or delete it or whatever, it doesn't matter. Like if you want to keep it as just like a memory on the channel or you want to have it available in like a playlist of like, hey, this is a playlist of the videos that I was first making when I started my YouTube channel for anybody that wants to see these, you make it unlisted on your channel, but when it's unlisted on your channel, people are still gonna be able to see it in that playlist, right? So then they would be able to find it, you know, for the people that are like really into what it is that you're doing that are hitting your playlist page and all that, um, those people people would be able to find that content because it would still live in the um, in the playlist itself. If you decide to delete it or private it, then nobody's gonna have access to it. You're not gonna have, you would if it was private, but nobody else is gonna have access to it anywhere um, if you delete it or make it private. So hopefully that um, that gives you some information so that you can make the right call on that. So next up on our list, we got Trucker Curtis. What's up, Curtis? Hope you're doing awesome. The type of content is trucking. Goal of the channel is to get more subscribers. And the question is, one of my best performing videos is about helping a truck, helping a truck driver that crashed. How can I replicate this type of content to help grow my YouTube channel? So if the content is about helping a trucker that crashed and if that type of content isn't something that you're going to be able to make on a regular basis, then in that particular case, um, you know, that might be just, you know, that one off video that you were able to make. And then hopefully you don't get to make a lot of those because, you know, hopefully not a lot of people are crashing. But um, if you are wanting to kind of walk down that road, um, just as a heads up, if you do do what I'm getting ready to say, you are putting yourself at a little bit of a risk in terms of, you know, it, you would have to be doing it um, within, you know, fair use and those types of things, but you could start making videos of compilations to where maybe you do like reactions to them, like other videos on YouTube or, you know, other videos on the internet in general, where you're doing reactions to, you know, some other people, you know, um, you know, helping people, you know, in similar situations or something like that, just as kind of like some brainstorming. But, um, but really, I would just try to find something else to do. Like if you are, you know, helping truckers, then in that case, I would just make sure that you're just, you know, trying to help truckers. Um, and, since that one is kind of a really unique one because in order to sustainably run that channel, you would have to be helping people with accidents, you know, on a regular basis. So if you can't do that, then in that case, you're going to have to, you know, rely on another form of the, um, of the content that you're making. But if anybody has any ideas, anybody in the chat, if you're like, Hey, you know, another thing you can do is this definitely make sure that you uh, drop it in the chat because we're all here to, uh, you know, add, uh, add value and get value as well. So the, um, Christian hardscapers, the next channel that we have on the list here, 
And uh, Charming Guru, what's going on? Nice to see you over on Instagram or over on YouTube also. Um, but the type of channel is a how-to and vlog channel. The goal of the channel is to build natural stone, concrete paver, patios, walkways, wall steps, etc. I want to share the work that I do here on YouTube as a how-to slash vlog channel. My goal is to inspire more people to get involved in the trade, but also give do-it-yourself homeowners the insider trade secrets needed for those type of projects. Question. Hey, Nick, thanks for all that you do. So I'm at my pleasure. Um, so I'm at 11 months into my first channel. I'm at 8,900 subscribers. Thanks to listening to your advice and applying it to my channel. I've been spending my editing time lately going through the content already on my channel. It is depressing how little you can change with the YouTube editor. I know, right? Um, it's like, okay, just really quick, just to complain about something. So it's a video platform, right? It's a video platform where they have people uploading content, like over 500 hours, I'm sure it's much higher than that now, but over 500 hours of videos um, on YouTube every minute. And during that, all of that stuff going on, they couldn't make their editor better. <laughs> In my opinion, I think they should have like a full blown, like, hey, this, it does, you know, like it'll do all, like, we'll be able, you know, you can process your audio in here, you can do all this stuff. Like if other software services can do this, then they can absolutely do it. So I really wish that they would do that just for, you know, the people that don't wanna spend a lot of money on editing software, they don't wanna, you know, have to do it, you know, through the software on their computer, they'd be able to access it on, an, on you know, through like an iPad, or they could technically even do it on their phone, um, you know, if it was available inside of the uh, YouTube editor. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so in that particular case, um, let's see here. Do you think spending a lot of time um, going through old content to trim and cut the fat of them is worth doing rather than focusing on the new content? So in my opinion, you're already doing, you're already, you know, heading in the right direction. Um, I would think about your next videos more than I would think about the ones in the past, which I'm sure you're doing already. However, one thing that I would definitely think about is it, can you refresh the titles? Can you refresh the thumbnails? Can you cut off maybe like a, something at the end or maybe something at the end to get people to the end screen faster? So like, for example, when you first started making videos, there's a really good chance once the video was finished, you were like, hey, thanks so much for, you know, watching the video, super appreciate it. Make sure you give, make sure you do this like 15, you know, calls to action that I would like to lay on you right now, those types of things. So you can go in and kind of trim some of that stuff down so that, you know, as soon as your videos are complete, then they have that option to, you know, click on other videos, things like that. But really I would spend, you know, 99% of the time moving forward. And then just when you have some downtime, you're like, Hey, I want to go in, just kind of, you know, refresh things, you know, stuff like that. That's where you start messing with some of that, um, older, um, older content. Brad, Magic Flying Potato, thank you for the super chat, my man, says, you demand gain 3,400 subscribers since following you and begin um, part of the Niminati, about to hit 4,000. Thank you for all your advice and help. Brad, high five and fist bump to you, my man, for uh, 4,000, almost 4,000 subscribers on your YouTube channel, man. I love, love, love seeing that. Absolutely love it. And then um, here says, follow up, been part of the Niminati for 18 months, boom. Fist bump. Thank you for your support there, Brad. Super appreciate it, my man. Uh, see so here. Next up on the list here, we've got, let's see here. Run number 11 already. Adventures with time. Adventures with time. Didn't we do this one already? Um, information with watch enthusiasts. Yeah, we did. Um, we already did the adventures in time question. So we'll go on to the next one to give other people a chance. Really quick. Um, thank you. Um, Donia's Stroke Talk, DIYs and cooking reviews. Super appreciate the super chat. And uh, Neil's World. 
Welcome to the Nimenati. Welcome to the Nimenati. Make sure when you get the chance, you go to nimenvip.com. That's going to redirect you to our members only Facebook group. Fill out all the questions on the way in because that's how I verify that you are a channel member. And then once you do that, um, then once this stream is complete, if you can do it before the stream is over today, um, then I will get you into that group as soon as the um, as soon as the stream is complete today. Okay, so next up on the list here, oops, I accidentally closed my comments down. There we go. Okay, so next we got, um, um, I, I'm, I know I'm gonna say this uh, incorrectly, but Amazaiku-san um, is the name of the channel. I apologize if I messed the name up there, um, but the type of channel is animation and story time content. The goal of the channel is to share my progress of my animation journey. And the question is how to create a good hook for story time animations and ask the viewer to like, subscribe and watch the next video. So when it comes to the hook, the hook will actually be part of your story. So if you're on story time animations, like that should just be a part of the story anyway. When it comes to asking the viewers to like, subscribe, you know, the next video and all that stuff, um, in animation content, I would just work it in in like a graphic of some kind. So I would just make like a little thing on the screen, like where you're sitting there telling the story and you're focused on a character here, maybe just have some text that's written out over on the side that just says like, remember to subscribe. Um, and same thing with like a like, so like a little bit later in the video, um, same exact thing, like, hey, enjoying this, you know, make sure you leave a like, those sorts of things. Um, but really, I would just focus them on the actual animation content and making great animation content, and then just get them to the end of your video, and then make sure that you have other videos on your channel that make sense in terms of a viewer wanting to watch one and then another, then another, and just make sure that you're always at the end of your story time, instead of saying things like, hey, thanks for watching this, or, you know, I hope you enjoyed our story today, or whatever the thing is, just as soon as your story is complete, recommend that next video in terms of if you enjoyed this, um, you know, particular story about, you know, XYZ, um, I have an entire playlist of this character going through all types of similar scenarios, you can click on that right here. Um, and then that way you're telling them the reason that they should be interested in that you are literally telling them to click on that particular, you know, video or playlist as well. Um, let's see here. But again, you know, the most important thing when it comes to YouTube is, you know, the viewer experience. So when it comes to, you know, like we all want more subscribers, we all want more likes, we all want more comments, just overall engagement, we want people watching our videos for longer and all that. So like, it's just part of the thing. But when it comes to like, what's important for YouTube in terms of them, you know, recommending your content to more people, it all comes down to the viewer experience in terms of how good are you getting them to click? how much time are they going to spend watching your content? And then from there, they're going to keep coming back to the channel, you know, those sorts of things. Next up, we've got Captivating Cats, Captivating Cats. Daniel Batal in the house. What's up, my man? Hope that you are doing fantastic. I agree. He says 299 people watching, only 111 likes. Come on, people. Smash that like button. That's what I'm talking about. Totally agree. 100% support that idea. If you're enjoying the show, remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend right now. All right. So um, next up on our list here, we've got Captivating Cats, which I started on there. They are a live streamer. The goal of the channel is to build a community as a streamer. And the question is, I've streamed every day for a month, but most days I stream to zero viewers. Should I continue to stick to my schedule and plan on make changes or try to reach different viewers? So here's what you got to make sure that you're thinking about. One, you have to make sure that you're thinking of like how you're actually setting up your streams in the first place. So one thing I'm gonna do um, in your case specifically is I'm just gonna take a quick look here um, at your YouTube channel because I just wanna see what you're doing for your live streams. 
So um, let's see here. That wasn't a stream. That wasn't a stream. Let me go to over to your live. First, don't put live um, in front of it. Don't even worry about that. Um, but the unlocking tier, you know, black mouse missions in DMZ, like that's all good, right? You got 49 views on that one. You got 65 views on the one that you did the day before. You got 25, the one that you did two days before. So instead of putting a live, um, what I would do is I would just be clear about what it is that you're offering, right? Because they're gonna see that little live tag on there anyway, while it's live. And then what you're doing with it being, um, with putting that live on there is that you're letting people know on the replay that, you know, that it was a live stream that they missed out on. So because of that, um, I wouldn't even put that live in the text. But one thing I do want you to consider, um, while you're live, yeah, I see what you're talking about in terms of not getting many people watching, but also keep in mind, in terms of like replays and stuff, you're you're doing like six hour live streams, like four hours, six hours, six hours, six hours. So because of that, you don't want to like you can't like expect a ton on the replay because that those are those are really long live streams. So because of that, just make sure that you are thinking when you are putting those live streams together. And the reason I'm telling you this is just because of your efforts and the energy that you're putting into these live streams, because we used to do like six and seven hour live streams here as well. It was just like part, that's just what we did. Um, but one thing that I can tell you, because I know how much energy that takes is to make sure that when you are putting your live streams together, make sure that you're also thinking about and building in places that you can clip out additional content that you can use for like shorts or you can upload to TikTok or reels or wherever, um, maybe even make, you know, like uh, just regular, you know, quick videos about them on your YouTube channel, whatever, because you're making like a, like a ton of content over there that you can use to, you know, to spread the word about you and what it is that you're doing. So I would actually, you know, make sure that you are thinking about that, but on the replay, because of the timestamp, I wouldn't expect tons of views on those. Um, you might, you know, like you might end up, you know, getting, you know, a lot of people that wind up coming and watching on the replay, but that's a heck of a commitment to ask people, which is one of the reasons that we've shortened, you know, ours. But um, when it comes to, you know, um, the live stream viewers themselves, I think that you're doing fine in terms of, you know, like you're streaming, you are getting, you know, some people interacting in there, but if the amount of people that are watching you is a problem, what you want to think about is instead of, instead of streaming and thinking I'm streaming for the sake of people coming in and hanging out in the stream, start streaming with the perspective of I'm streaming this so that I can make content. I'm streaming this so that I'll have content that people will be able to watch on the replay. I'm streaming this so that I can have content that I can repurpose later. And as you start shifting your mindset there, there, then you are going to start creating the content itself in a different way. So you'll be doing the thing like I mentioned before about when your streams first start, you give a hook or a challenge of some kind so that you can use that as part of, you know, some of the clips that you're going to be doing later, things like that. So when I talk about making sure that you're considering the structure of your live stream and, and making sure that you're isolating points in time to making content that you'll be able to sample out later, the reason I'm telling you that is because if you have that intention when you're going into it and you have like a little notepad next to your, you know, computer or whatever. And you're like, Hey, you know, these are some things I, I'm, I'm going to try to get like a few shorts out of this, try to get some, you know, like five or 10 minute videos out of this. You can see that. And you can start thinking to yourself while you're streaming, since nobody's there anyway, hanging out, you can start thinking to yourself like, okay, so this part right here, I'm just going to say like a quick hook real quick. And that will be, Hey, if you're just joining us right now, I'm getting ready to X, Y, Z. That's how you would start each little segment. And then when you start it that way, then when you come back later and you clip all that stuff out, <clears throat> you know, you would download it and then clip it out. 
then that's less work that you have to do with having to like re-record hooks and you know things like that. Um, and then just isolate those down to like short periods of time um, and then just repurpose those out. So instead of thinking about you're doing it for the live experience, think of it like you're doing it for the sake of making um, content. And then by doing that, people can come in and they can hang out and all of that, but you're still gonna get the benefit of all of that content that you can put out elsewhere that you'll get more engagement on there while you're building your community and all of that so that in the future, by those efforts that you're putting in and you know by by you know applying that you are giving yourself the opportunity to grow your brand all over the place and put out more content which then will give you more people that were, will participate in the future when you're live so it's kind of like a long play but it's the you know it, it's an effective long play because you know another thing you got to think about um, captivating cats is right now you have 126 subscribers on your channel so because of that you know you can't really expect a lot of people to be coming in right now because there's not you know, tons of people that, you know, that, that might see that, especially if you're, you know, streaming for six hours. Um, but you know, there's not a ton of, uh, people that would get like notifications to come in and get that whole thing jump started. So because of that, you're just reliant on scraping traffic off of YouTube's homepage, off of YouTube subscription feed for 126 people and off of suggested videos for other people that YouTube think might like your, your content. So because of that, use your live streams to make content and interact with the people that do come in, but use your live streams to, um, as, a, as a means to make content, not necessarily for a hangout right now. Next on our list, we've got next question. Making sure all my mics and stuff are still working over here. Hey, if you're watching on Instagram, thank you for the uh, thank you for the uh, kind words there, saying that you're using you know my information on your YouTube channel. That's awesome. So, um, so if you are over on Instagram, just to let you know, um, the community is hanging out over on YouTube. So if you are familiar with my YouTube channel, or if you're not, you can find it in my bio over on Instagram. Come uh, join us over here on, uh, on YouTube. Um, so the next question here is from Skulls Records. Skulls Records says that they do gaming content. Um, they do tutorials, guides, and news and updates. The goal of the channel is to be able to make a full-time income doing what I love. And the question is, how would you go about finding video ideas that you can be confident will do well? Is it just trial and error or is there a formula or research strategy you can use to make that will increase the chances of it being a good video idea? Absolutely. Um, so understanding your audience is a key point of that in terms of you do gaming tutorials, guides, news, and updates, okay? So you have, you know, f eh, two, eh, three, you know, real pillars of content for what it is that you're doing. So because of that, you just have to make sure for each one of those that you're thinking like, okay, if I'm gonna do a tutorial or guide, what's like the most popular thing right now in this particular game that I could make a tutorial or guide about? And how can I frame this in terms of, you know, the topic itself through your thumbnail and your title? How can I frame this in order to make it be able to reach the broadest amount of people as possible? So of course, you know, if it's a game, then of course you'd want to put like the name of the game in there. But in, instead of making it like really super isolated on like one specific thing, then in that case, you might just want to, you know, open it up a little bit with, um, you know, uh, uh, to, to make it a little bit more, um, um, accessible for a more broad audience, right? So of course, you know, you would want to niche down within your game and all that stuff. But the idea is when you're packaging it up, just make sure you're thinking about, okay, what are the qualifiers for somebody to be able to be interested in this? 
and that's like a mic drop, by the way, for anybody that, you know, is paying attention right now. Like you should always do that with your content, by the way, when you are publishing your videos, it's important to make sure that you're looking at it from the outside, right? So you're just looking at your title and your thumbnail and that's it. Cause that's all the information that someone else is going to have. And you're thinking to yourself, what's the limitation of somebody being able to get into this? So let me just give you an example real quick. So a lot of people who do podcasts, they will optimize their podcasts around the person, right? So like if somebody does a podcast with me, they'll usually optimize the podcast around me. But in order for that podcast to be relevant to as many people as possible, they shouldn't even optimize it around me. Because in order for somebody to, to, to care about that podcast, they gotta know who I am and they gotta know who I am and like me enough to even care about what it is that's going on in that podcast. So instead, if they optimize everything around growing their YouTube channel, then it's open to a lot more people and then they just get to come in and participate in the conversation if they know me or not. So the idea when you're trying to make something more accessible to a larger amount of people is that you look at those qualifiers and you think to yourself like, okay, based on my thumbnail and title, what would somebody need to know? What would they need to understand um, in order to make this you know, accessible for them? And is there any way that I can take this information that I have to work with on the thumbnail and title and make it to where more people would be able to you know, access this and those people, it would still be relevant to them, you know, when they come into the video, which is another reason that you want to always think of your thumbnail and title before you even consider making your video. So you can run through those exercises to make sure that you can deliver when they start your video, you can make sure that you're confirming all of the information that they might expect by clicking on the thumbnail and title. How we got here, genealogy. Thank you for the super or for the for the member message there. It says hope all is well. Um, if you weren't doing YouTube help, what type of content would you like to make? Um, if I wasn't doing this content, I would probably these days I would probably do music content. Um, the content that I used to make um, on my all our questions channel that was awesome. I love that stuff. Um, like I still will from time to time. I don't know about you guys, but like you know for me when it comes to the videos that I make on this channel because it's mostly training stuff. So I I don't watch a lot of these back unless it's, you know, through the audience retention report. And then I'll see it, you know, that way. But when it comes to my old channel, my all our questions channel, um, the information was like super interesting. It was all like new information um, in terms of like I had to research it all, condense it all down to make it make sense so that it would, you know, fit into a video format. Um, but basically having, um, you know, that content. It was super interesting because every single video, the information was new and the editing was different. I was making like, you know, themed title slides for them and, you know, all kinds of really cool stuff. And, uh, I just really enjoyed like making that content. So, um, so that's, that channel is where I kind of cut my teeth on YouTube, but it's called all our questions. If you, you know, if you want to check it out, um, but I love the content over there and some of it, if you listen with headphones, it's like an extra good experience because I have like little things in there, you know, for, you know, like if you're listening with headphones where things are kind of panning around in certain moments and things like that, but I really got into making that content. I absolutely love it. So I would either be doing music related stuff or um, just because I'm like really, you know, getting into that, um, or I would be doing, um, or I'd be doing more, you know, I, or I would just go back to that channel. <laughs> so um, let's see here. So next question that we have here on the list, Doug, I um, see your message here. Let me go in and get these uh, taken care of here for you or for them. So um, let's see here. So first we have, oops, let me scroll down here. 
So we have Michael here says, absolute legend, mate. Appreciate what you do for us creators. Um, just a small thanks on behalf of everyone in the chat. Super appreciate that, man. Thank you so much for the for the uh, super chat. And um, we have B Maddox says, hello, and thank you for your content. How can I improve my audience retention? I do Lego speed build. My retention is poor. What do you suggest? Um, first off, since you're doing speed build, make sure that it's crystal clear that you are doing speed build, right? So if you're doing speed build, make sure from the outside in terms of your thumbnail and title that it's just clear. So when somebody clicks on it, they know they're getting a speed build. By doing that, you are going to get the right people clicking on your videos and those people, as long as you know your the stuff you're putting together is cool, then those people will end up you know sticking around for longer than somebody that just sees that it's about Legos and clicks on it because of that, right? Um, so another thing to think about is make sure that you're lighting is good because you're competing with a lot of really good videos on YouTube that are doing speed builds and speed painting and all that good stuff. So I would definitely make sure that, you know, your lighting is good. Um, in addition to that, make it interesting. So you have the speed build where you can just put one camera here um, and you might be doing this already, but where you put one camera here and then, you know, with that one camera that's here, you just have that one view, right? Just like this view right here. But that will get boring after a while, right? As you're seeing the whole thing come together. Um, so because of that, you might wanna do a little bit here and then change it, you know, to where, you know, the camera's on this side, you're doing a little bit over here. If you're working on like a very intricate part, move the camera over to here where you're focusing on that little intricate part and then kind of go wide again to where you're back to this view. And then with this view, you know, they get to see the progress of how it's coming together. And then when it starts getting massive and you're doing all the like, you know, really cool stuff, um, then in that case, you might wanna have it, you know, wider there um, as well so that they can see, you know, more of, you know, the whole, you know, the whole piece. Thanks for the heads up there, Doug. Working on it uh, right now. Thank you. Um, let's see here. So next up on the list, we have uh, Thomas in Thailand. What's up, Thomas? I'm up in uh, Chiang Mai, man. Hope you're doing awesome. Says, um, shorts make me crazy. Put a ton of time and effort into them with little traction. Then I can see a channel with 100 subscribers, um, five videos and 10 shorts, getting 10K views on a short for no reason. It's not for no reason. So how, the, how all of this stuff works, Thomas, is everything on YouTube is based on response. So if people respond positively to it, if we like it or not, right? Cause we're all, but we all have our own taste with stuff. So if, if people that are seeing it are responding well to it, then YouTube will continue to show it to more people. Um, if they are not responding well to it, or they could be responding well to it, but other content that it's competing with is just doing better. And it's holding their attention more, causing them to, you know, watch more videos or maybe go into the creator's channel and watch more of their shorts, you know, individually, whatever. But if, even if your content's doing okay, if other people that YouTube is targeting, you know, with your content, if they're enjoying other content more, then that means that, you know, you have to, you know, level up what it is that you're doing as well. So with all of this, everything comes down to response. So if people are enjoying the experience that they're having with the content, then YouTube will continue to show it to people. Um, if they are not, if they leave quickly, um, or, or, you know, in the case of a short, if they end up swiping up quickly, then, you know, you'll register that view. But if they're not sticking around to like complete the short or even loop the short, you know, anything like that, then in that case, YouTube is going to deprioritize yours. And in its place, they're going to put content there that will keep them watching for a little bit longer, that will keep them interacting more and so on. But, you know, don't don't stress out about it. Like this is all part of the gig. So um, when it comes to, you know, YouTube shorts or long form content, you know, like it's all just part of the learning curve, right? Like, um, uh, you know, just like, 
you know, like when you came over here, right? Like, I'm not sure if you know, you know, Ty or not, but when you came over here, you know, like you come over and you, you know, you first start, you go through the learning curve of like, you know, learning some of the language, things like that. And it, you know, makes it a little bit rough and fun and all that stuff when you're first in it. But then, you know, after a while, you know, like a nice set of words, you can get around, you know, a little bit more, you know, freely, you can, you know, have little base conversations, things like that, just as part of the learning curve. Um, it's the same exact, you know, way when it comes to here that there's just, you know, things that you have to go through and things that you have to get in place in terms of content quality and that quality is 100% all of the time determined by the people that are interacting with it. Um, so you mentioned here, you know, other videos getting, uh, you know, like uh, 10,000 for no reason. The reason is just because people responded well to them. So I can't tell you, man, like how many times I've looked at a short or even a video on YouTube and I'm like, it doesn't even make sense why this has a lot of views. But then in reality, the reason it has a lot of views is because whoever YouTube is showing that to, they responded to it way better than I did, right? So so because of that, you know, we just have to embrace that idea that, you know, if we're not getting the results that we want, that either one, YouTube just doesn't have the right data for your channel yet in terms of who's interacting with your content. So if you are doing things like, you know, sharing them in Facebook groups, things like that, you might wanna pull back on that for a little bit. But, um, but if you're not doing that type of thing, then in that case, you know, you just have to go through the, you know, process process of just learning how to, you know, make the content better. Um, so you can have that better experience with, uh, you know, the people that are interacting with it or so they can have that better experience. Um, let's see here. So really quick, uh, Donia's stroke talk, um, DIYs and cooking reviews, welcome just as a heads up, um, welcome to the Niminati. And, um, I do want to let you know that if you can get in there, this is being a little bit glitchy today. If you can do it before um, the stream is over today, um, just go to nimmonvip.com. That's gonna redirect you to our members only Facebook group. Um, if you can do that before the stream is over today, then I will get you in there uh, once the stream is complete. All right. So next up on our list here, hmm, everything's like scrolling weird. Ah, oh, there we go, okay. There we go. Okay. So next up on our list here, let me hop back into the questions over here. I have this mouse problem with both. I wonder if this, I wonder if it's this mouse, hmm, possibly. So next up on our list here, we've got Skulge Records. I think, did we do that one already? Let me see here. Yeah, we did that one already. So let me scroll back up. Let's go into 15. Now we're in question 15 already, and the channel name is Nightwolf. Nightwolf says they upload when they have time. And hey, just real quick, for those of you that are hanging out on Instagram, the community is all hanging out over on YouTube. So if you go to youtube.com slash Nick Nimmin, or you just go and look for my name in search, or just click on my name in the bio on Instagram, you can come hang out, uh, you can come hang out over here. Um, let's see here. So they upload when they have time. Um, it's a comedy channel. The goal of the channel is to get an entertaining channel and build a community. And the question is, how do I get interesting content that people would watch? Remember, I'm a comedy channel. Um, do comedy. I mean, of course, this is going to come down to like what you want to do. But if you are interested in it, um, one of the things that you can do is you can tap into things that people are already familiar with to pull their interest into what it is that you're doing. So um, with this, the idea is that you would make comedy about things that are already popular or things that are trending or about pop culture in general, about, you know, celebrities, that type of thing. Um, or just about things that, you know, people just commonly, you know, relate to, which I'm sure you're doing a little bit of that anyway. But the idea is 
when you are trying to, you know, make it interesting for people, then you have to make sure that you're thinking about like, okay, if I tell a joke and it's funny, that's great. But before I do that, before people can even experience that, they're going to have to click on it, right? Unless it's a short. So if I have to get them to click on it, then in that case, I got to start thinking of like, okay, what can I make comedy about that would be interesting for somebody on the outside that would cause them to click on it? That's where you would leverage like celebrities and just pop culture in general, trending topics, things like that as a way to get yourself in front of those people that are already interested in those topics that will help bring attention to you. That's the idea. Synthetic oil production. Super Thank you for the super chat. Super appreciate it. That's a big one there. Says, um, thanks for all the help over the years, Nick. It was a blast to talk with you at Vid Summit. It was awesome hanging out with you at Vid Summit. I hope that you're doing awesome and um, hope to see you there next year um, as well. That's such a good conference. That's so much fun. Had so much fun this year. I needed that. <laughs> I needed to go over there and hang out and just hanging out with a bunch of content creators. You know what I mean? Needed that. Man, after, after, you know, like the last, you know, like two years, definitely needed that. So uh, really quick, Mike Lowe. Welcome to the Niminati. Same thing with you. Um, welcome to the Niminati. Make sure that um, you go to NimminVIP.com. That will redirect you to our members only Facebook group. Fill out all the questions on the way in because that's how I verify that you are a member um, on the way in. Um, Shark Scrapper says, make sure you put a fresh battery in the mouse after you get done tonight. Yeah, it's it's actually fully charged. So with this, it's like it's got like a USB charge thing. So I just have to charge it, but it's fully charged. Um, I keep it charging most of the time. So um, so it's fine. Maybe it's just the channel it's on or something. I'm not sure. But it's it's more the 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 screen. So like um, things are just kind of jumping around a little bit. And yeah, I don't know. Probably just an update or something. Um, so let's see here. So next up on the list here. We've got, we answered Night Wolf. So let's go to the next one here. Hey, if you're just joining us, by the way, um, what we're doing is we're talking about all things related to YouTube. So this is a Q&A stream. So what we're doing is, you know, um, I'm, I go into the form that's listed down in the description of the stream right now, and I'm just pulling the questions as they come in. And I, you know, as the questions pop up, I answer those questions and we move on to another question. Um, here a little bit later in the stream, I'm going to be, uh, you know, hopping into the chat as well. Um, but right now we're just doing the, um, the questions directly out of the form. So make sure that you get the, um, if you have a question, make sure you get it down on the form. So samples and tests is our um, next channel that we're looking at here. The type of channel is a variety channel. The goal of the channel is to learn. And the question is, how do you feel about handles showing rather than a channel name such as in comments? Um, I dig handles. I think they're fine. Um, I think that the win with handles is that they're unique to the creator. So for example, if you're if you had a, a YouTube channel named like, you know, John's videos, there's probably like a gajillion of those, but there's only gonna be one John's videos handle, right? So because of that, I think it's fantastic um, that they decided to go with YouTube handles. I know it's different and I know that, you know, there there was a little bit of, you know, weirdness about it when they first started rolling out because everybody's used to just being able to have the name, which you still can. You can still have the name, but with the handle itself, because it is, you know, your identity on the platform, um, the fact that only one person person can have it um, is, a, is a pretty big, you know, it's a pretty big, pretty big deal in terms of, uh, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, securing your brand, so to speak on here. So um, let's see here really quick. Also, 
there was a uh, message that I missed here. So droning Western, Western Australia, um, same for you also. Make sure you go to nimmonvip.com, fill out everything on the way in there, um, and I'll get you covered here after the stream today. And um, freaking awesome. Thank you for being a member for 17 months. And uh, there's another question here that I'm looking for. Oh, really quick, LHN family says, just a quick thank you to you, Nick, for building a great community. I'd be lost on my YouTube journey without your help. Can't thank you enough. Thank you for the kind words. I super appreciate it. Um, Boogie Woogie Blues and Classic Piano says, so pleased that you're streaming again today. Me too. <laughs> Definitely me too. And uh, let's see here. You know, maybe that question will be over in here. Let me see if I can find it here really quick. Yeah, I missed a uh, member milestone question. So I'm going in here to grab that one here uh, really quick. So let's see here. I think that might show up under a super. Um, and it does not. Okay. So um, if you just want to drop the question back in there, um, then I will, um, then I'll get it answered. Because I think that might have been happening while I did another question, maybe, um, Learn Spanish World. So yeah, if you, if you just want to drop it back in here, um, I'll keep an eye out for it. And I'll, um, I'll try to, uh, I'll try to get it here. So um, next question that we have on the list is from, let me scroll up here. Oh, it was your question. The one that I, the one that I missed. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, I think maybe I missed two. Yeah, it's possible I might've missed, um, that I might've missed two of them there. So yeah, both of you guys, if you could, if you could both put the, um, the question in there, then I'll, um, then I can, uh, I, I can get it answered right now. Um, the next one on the list in the meantime is the traveling tech guy, traveling tech guy. Um, they have been on, um, they upload one time per week or more onto YouTube. They have a RC model aviation channel. That's cool. The goal of the channel is to help folks get into the RC model plane hobby cheap. Super cool. And the question is I'm getting, um, I'm getting the views, but some of my audience retention aren't where they need to be. What is the best way to analyze the data to really discover what I need to change for the better? All you gotta do is you have to, hey, thanks, Doug. All you have to do is you have to look um, at your audience retention reports and just look for drop-offs. And then once you see those drop-offs, then, and, and they, that can be a little drop-off, it can be big drop-offs, but look at the places that hold people and look at the places that cause people to drop off. And what you wanna do is when you see where people are dropping off, one, take a note and say, this is what I was doing before people dropped off, or this is what I was doing during the time when people were dropping off. And then you start trying to think, okay, if somebody is uh, was watching this video and they started leaving here, why do I think that is? Was it because I was talking too much? Was it because I was saying a bunch of stuff but not really showing the RC planes? Um, was it this setup time that I had where nothing was really happening in the video? I was just kind of getting everything kind of ready to go. Um, but just start paying attention to those things and taking notes on your audience retention reports that way anytime you see those drops. And then the picture that you're going to paint over time is, huh, I see a pattern here. Um, every time that I take too long setting things up, people seem to leave during that particular part, or maybe they even skip those parts. Um, if I'm talking too much and I'm not showing enough of the RC cars, people leave. Or if I'm only showing the RC stuff or the RC planes, and I'm not really like interacting with you know the, the viewer in any way, then they typically leave during those times. But basically you just start writing all of those things down. And then what you do is you start thinking, okay, if this is what was happening here when people left or before, you know, right when people started leaving, 
then in that case, why do I think they were leaving during that particular time and what could I do to overcome those moments? So for example, if it was something like, you know, the, during the setup, then, then the quick answer to that would be like, okay, let me try a time-lapse because it is important for new people to see some of this setup. So let me try a time-lapse and see if that'll get it through them quickly because I have the video playing normal and then it's different because it's a time-lapse, but it's happening faster. And then we're gonna jump back into the content. Let me try that. Um, if that doesn't fix it, then in that case, maybe explaining part of the setup stuff that you're doing in like different, you know, in a different way, or maybe zooming in on something, um, or, you know, taking the camera off of the tripod and getting it close so they can see it there, you know, those types of things. And you just start experimenting with different things during those moments. And if you can't fix them, then like, see how your videos do. If you completely don't do those particular things that you find people are, are leaving over. So, but keep in mind, it's normal on YouTube for people to come into your videos and you know, like when they come in, like let's say the graph was going across the screen here, um, then they, you know, they come in and then, you know, they gradually, you know, kind of drop off over time. That's normal. But the goal is of course, you want to hold them for as long as you possibly can. So like I said, normally, you know, people will come in and, you know, they'll fall off, you know, as the video goes. But what YouTube wants you to do is they want you to get to as close to hundred percent as possible on your audience retention. And the closer you get to that, combined with you know your click-through rate, the better off your, your videos are gonna do. So just make sure that you are studying how people respond to your content in every capacity. So another thing that you wanna make sure you're thinking about as well is when you go to the, um, when you go to the um, audience retention reports, there's that information that you're seeing, which is also averaged out in terms of how people are responding to what you're doing. But you also wanna make sure that you are looking to see like your average view duration and all that um, from the different traffic sources as well in your traffic sources reports, because you might find like, okay, well maybe the the low performance that I'm getting in search is, um, is negative impacting the average that I'm seeing over here. And then you can start, you know, kind of keeping some of that in mind as well. Quizzy on demand. Super Thank you for the super chat. chat. Super appreciated there. So one step says, can you explain um, tax season for YouTube in the US? Like, do they send a form or what steps do we need to take the prep? No. So they don't send a form. Um, you have all the information that you need inside of your AdSense account that you can give to your um, accountant. So you go into your AdSense account for that because that is where you know you actually get paid out of. Um, so you'll be able to download you know anything that you need directly out of there. Um, but they're not going to you know they're not going to mail you anything. And let's see here. Doug copied that. So let me go into here. Oh, yeah, I'm not seeing it in there, Doug. Um, let's see here. So I'm going to scroll down. Yeah, this is being like really glitchy today. David Matney, super thank you for the super chat, man. Super, super appreciated. Renee Ritchie in the house. What's up, man? Hope you're doing awesome. Says, um, also good to compare retention graphs. And this is on the, the point of the audience retention. He says, also good to compare retention graphs for low versus high performance videos because videos that only hit fans can be higher and flatter than the ones um, that blow up can be lower and more volatile. Learn your range. Yeah, and another thing too is that can also um, um, that can also happen across different content types too. Um, just kind of you know add to that also. So like for example, um, like let's say, like in my case, you know, like if I put out, you know, something for, <clears throat> excuse me, excuse me, something for mobile specific viewers, typically people just don't stick around as long as those as they do if I'm, you know, um, talking about something related to, you know, like, you know, YouTube specific, um, you know, just in my case. So I know that when I put out that content that they just typically, um, you know, don't respond based on the particular audiences that those typically are the, the people that typically interact with that content and just my ability to not be able to hold their attention like I should. 
So um, learn um, Spanish world says all good amigo. Um, I wanted to thank you for your great tips. Um, for the first time I was getting five to 6,000 new subs in 28 days, but now it's dropping fast to 4.8 thousand a month. How can I keep the momentum? So first look in and figure out where all those subscribers were coming from, analyze those videos and figure out what you were doing for those videos. In some cases, it could just be that they were high performing videos in general. So they were getting a lot more views. Therefore they're getting in front of more people. And you know, maybe the whole channel was that way in terms of those videos kind of holding up the channel. And then now that those videos their life cycles kind of went down a little bit that, you know, you're just not getting the same response, you know, overall. So because of that, go in and look at, see the specific content that was doing that and then see if one, you can remake similar content Two, see if you can use some of your newer content to drive some viewers into that older content. If it is kind of falling off a little bit, just to see um, if they end up, you know, kind of, you know, coming back to life a little bit. Man, I'm having a heck of a time here with my, uh, with my scroll. I might have to open up like my tablet for this. Okay, I'm, I'm just gonna go back into the questions here so we can keep that thing uh, rolling. And then, uh, and then I'll work on this in the meantime. All right, so um, let's see here. So next up on the list here, we have, there we go. Um, the traveling tech guy, traveling tech guy. Um, they do RC model aviation. We did them already. So let me go to the next one. So it seems like the Google form is fine. The issue seems to be my YouTube chat. Maybe I have it too skinny here in my thing. Hold on, maybe I'm stacking it up too too much or something weird. Let me scoot that out a little bit. There we go. All right. Hey, Nigel, what's up, dude? Hope you're doing awesome. Okay, now it's working fine. Interesting. Yeah, so that might've been a user error on my fault. Okay, keep on going, Nick. Okay, so um, next up, we've got Tampa Bay Steve. Uh, Tampa Bay Steve does local travel content. Um, the goal of the channel is to help promote local businesses and events through video. The question is, I see a lot of attention on hashtags for shorts recently as YouTube put more emphasis on hashtags. Thanks. So. The thing with hashtags is just like any other platform is there is, you know, some context context there, but on YouTube specifically, it's also a way that people can find more content. So because of that, you're not just putting, you know, like hashtags in there, like the hashtags are clickable. So because of that, it helps people find content. So the reason that, you know, people will use like a lot of hashtags on YouTube, they actually used to have it where you could only use, um, I think up to 15 hashtags. And after you went over 15, it deemed the rest of them irrelevant. Um, but I was actually in there uh, maybe about three weeks ago. And I noticed they updated that to, I think it's 60 now. Make sure you look for yourself just so you don't, you know, kind of overdo it. But I'm thinking the number is 60 um, in terms of the amount of hashtags, not tags, but hashtags that you can add um, for your content, which is pretty interesting. But the cool thing about that, is with the hashtags because those do have results pages for them. So if people do hit those hashtags and you have your video in a lot of these hashtags and they're all relevant to your content, then those are a bunch of different doorways or a bunch of different avenues that people will be able to find your content as long as people respond to your content well for those particular hashtags and your those your videos end up getting, you know, more, um, you know, better positions um, for those particular hashtags because people are responding, uh, you know, well to them. So definitely, um, you know, it is something to, you know, consider using, but keep in mind, they can also be a leak. So again, this is one of those moments where it comes down to what it is that you're trying to do and all that. And what I mean by being a leak 
is like, let's say that you have a particular hashtag underneath your video and typically somebody would have just sat there and watched your video, but because you have that hashtag there, some users are gonna click into it and they're gonna end up leaving your video. Maybe they didn't subscribe before they left and maybe that will be the only time that they'll ever click on one of your videos and you let you lost that opportunity to connect with you know that particular viewer. So that's where you, like when it comes to things like this, that's where, you, you, you hear me talk about all the time in these live streams about like knowing like what it is you're putting your content out for, having a purpose for each video and all that. So if like the video, the whole entire thing is like, hey, I just want like exposure on this thing, then in that case, you'd wanna, you know, fatten up the, the amount of hashtags that you're using on it to give yourself, you know, the possibility there. You wanna make sure it's a broad topic video, you know, those types of things. Whereas if you're like, hey, this particular one, I'm using it for the sake of bringing awareness to whatever this thing is. And therefore I'm going to make sure that, you know, I'm focusing everything on this thing. I'm not using any hashtags for it because it's an affiliate video. I don't wanna lose, you know, that one person that might've bought it, <laughs> you know, those types of things. So knowing what it is that you are trying to do with each video um, is really important because then it can also help you, you know, make those types of decisions. But in terms of more emphasis, they're not putting more emphasis on them. It's just that they have, you know, made it possible for people to be able to find more content through them, right? Um, next up on the list, okay, we answered one of your questions already, so I'm going to skip that one. So next up, we've got My Life as Dahe. I hope I'm saying that correctly. They do a lifestyle slash vlog. The um, goal is to take viewers on a journey with me as I live in South Korea as an international transfer student. Um, the question is, I went on a long unplanned hiatus. Now that my first semester at my school here is coming to an end, I wanted to start filming and uploading again. I was curious how concerned I should be with how YouTube will push my video. I've heard mixed things about taking breaks on YouTube and it, and it hurting a channel or not. Should I even be concerned and just focus on consistently putting valuable and quality content? Okay, it's a great question. And the reason this is a great question because a lot of people, you know, as part of their journey on YouTube, they need to take breaks for, you know, personal reasons, for mental health reasons, for family reasons, you know, all that stuff. And I can say that I have found on, you know, multiple channels that if breaks are taken for a longer period of time, that the stats do, you know, continue to, you know, kind of go down. However, all it takes is one good video to get you back on track again. So in fact, I actually ran into information in the YouTube um, or the Google help pages um, in the YouTube area where they mentioned that the um, if you don't upload videos that they can recommend your content less um, or that you would get I, I can't remember the exact language, but they were suggesting that if you upload less, that your content will get recommended less in terms of if you take like a big long break. Like um, if you're you know, if you're like, hey, I gotta take like a couple weeks off, whatever, that's fine, not a big deal. But what you want to avoid is you wanna take, you wanna avoid taking off like months at a time, right? Because the problem happens where like one of the one of the factors when it comes to YouTube recommending content to people is the content they've interacted with recently. So the problem is, is when you have a YouTube channel and let's say that your channel, you're just getting these big spikes and then dropping back down to almost zero, right? So that if you do take a break, you don't have hardly any activity happening on the channel, you know, during those times, then in that particular case, there's not a lot of people that are recently interacting with the content for YouTube to be like, hey, these are the first people that we're gonna show the content to because they're really getting into it, right? That, that group of people will get smaller and smaller the longer that you're taking your break. However, 
If you have a channel that you consistently have people interacting with your content, let's say you have some content that's positioned well in search, you have some content that's crushing it on home pages and suggested videos, things like that, and you have a nice consistent amount of con or you know views coming in, then in that particular case, the break isn't going to hurt you as much um, because then in that particular scenario, you still have all of that activity happening on your YouTube channel, even if you're not participating. So the idea is you want to make sure that you're uploading enough to make sure that you do keep some recency going on or you just want to have your channel stable enough to where you can walk away and you still have you know a decent amount of activity happening on the channel but with all of that stuff said at the end of the day one video one good video is all you need to put you back on track that might be the first video that you upload when you come back that might be you know five videos you know down the road you know once you start publishing again but the idea is like once you come in that one good video can cause a lot of people to respond well to that for the people that YouTube does recommend it to and if those people you know enjoy it then YouTube's going to do its thing which is show it to a lot more people but one more thing that I do want to bring to your attention though is you did mention, and this is like a semantics thing, but I just wanna make sure that everybody here is aware of this because you know people often think, like you mentioned here in the language that you used, you said, um, um, let's see, I'm concerned about how I should be, um, or how concerned I should be with how YouTube will push out my video. So another thing to make sure that you uh, keep in mind is when it comes to YouTube, they like when we publish a video, YouTube isn't like, hey, let's promote this video. Let's just push this video out to as many people as we possibly can and see who responds to it. Um, what they actually do is their system is like, hey, who's on YouTube right now? This video just got published, right? This happens all like super fast in real time. But it's like, hey, um, YouTube uh, or this channel just published this video. Who's on the platform right now that would really love this video? And then they'll show it to those people. And then if those people respond well to it, then you know they'll keep showing it to more people like those people and so on. So the idea that I'm trying to express is if you do take a long break, then that one video can just put you, you know, right back into your momentum again. Um, it is common, um, at least that I've seen through my experience, that if you do take like a substantial break, that you know, you do got a little, you know, you do gotta do some, you know, some work in order to, you know, kind of get things back on track um, to, you know, where they were. But you know, again, just, you know, a good, you know, video or two and you're, you know, you're back to the uh, races, so to speak. Next on our list, we've got, let's see here. Gabriella over on Instagram. What is going on? Hope you're doing fantastic. We are hanging out over on YouTube. That's where the whole community is. We got like 300 and something people hanging out over here on YouTube. So feel free to join us over here or you can just sit here and learn about YouTube while you're over on Instagram. <laughs> and one thing that I do want to just remind everybody of is um, just like I'm streaming this over to Instagram right now using this in-stream um, box over here. Um, uh, so I'm also trying to get access to the live streaming features on TikTok. And right now I think I've got almost 600, uh, you know, followers over there. Um, some of that, you know, is from our last stream that we did as well. But if you have a TikTok account and you have not followed me over there yet, definitely make sure that you follow me over there because I'm gonna start, as soon as I hit that requirement and they give me access, um, I'm gonna start live streaming um, or multicasting this over to there as well as Instagram also. So it'd be a super solid. But in addition to that, I'm also uploading like YouTube related content over there. Some of it is, you know, like repurposed shorts, but then some of it is content that you've some of it's content that you've never, you know, seen before and just different ideas and stuff that I want to express over there that might not necessarily be, you know, a great fit for what it is that I'm doing here. So, um, so just make sure that you follow me over on TikTok if you haven't yet. Um, just look for my name over there and it'll pop up or Chantel just dropped it um, right here in the chat as well. So Ultimate Core, Ult Ult Ultima Core 
is the next channel that we're looking at. The type of channel is Minecraft animation. The goal of the channel is to reach 5,000 subscribers. And the question is, what is the best way that I can make my channel grow over time while I have animations, I can develop my animations without rushing it? The best way you can make your channel grow over time is to work the process of creating content into your lifestyle so that it's sustainable. Make sure that you're figuring out how to make money from it so it's sustainable. And make sure that you're learning how to serve the audience that you're creating videos for in the best possible way and that you're paying attention to how they respond to your content. If you can do those things, then you'll be able to do this for a long period of time. Um, if you are, if you can't do those things, like if you're like, hey, I'm just gonna make whatever, and if people like it, that's cool. If not, whatever, then in that case, you know, you may or may not do okay. Um, if you don't work it into your the process, if you don't work it into your lifestyle, the process of creating content to where it's comfortably, you know, worked in there, then in that case, um, you know, you probably are gonna have a lot of things pop up in your life that are gonna be more important, and you'll end up, you know, first skipping an upload, then skipping two, then skipping three and the next thing you know you're not doing it anymore so just make sure you are working it in there um dei didn't turn this one on over here just going for a little bit of a more of a moody thing um today um d Nimmin in the house my brother d y'all hanging out here uh in the chat right now too so um so here doug mentioned that i had some super chats to address here so let me um refresh this page here and get those squared away while I'm waiting for that to refresh. There we go. If you're enjoying the show, remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend right now. Cakes by Choppa, my man. Welcome to the stream, dude. Hope you're doing awesome. It's been a while. So uh, let's see here. So next up, um, we have Let's see here, I got that one already, I got that one already, and I got that one already also. Yeah, so that might've been an old message that I saw. Sorry about that. So, um, okay, so next up, we've got Ultima Core. Let me make sure that I answered that one. Was the best way? Yeah, okay, got that one covered as well. Next on our list here, we've got, um, the channel name here is Retro the Emperor. Nice, nice, nice says they do original music content. The goal of the channel is make enough money to make a living. And the question is, I'm currently just maintaining regular views, but I want more views. Um, so one, making more content might help because then, you know, since you are making music, what you're relying on is you're relying on, you know, people clicking on your songs and being like, wow, this is great. And then like sharing it and subscribing to the channel, watching more, going into a playlist, watching more of your content, those types of things. So um, because of that, I would make sure that you are making playlists on a regular basis and you're optimizing those for search. I would make sure that you are uploading a lot so that you can, you know, get your content in front of people. If possible, since you are, um, since you are making content, um, you know, since you're making music content, another thing that you can do to bring attention to your music, if you are interested in doing, you know, this sorts of thing, is you can also use some of the other platforms, right? To where you can maybe show like the process of making it um, on other platforms. Like D, um, he does some cool stuff where he like, you know, he'll he'll stream sometimes over on like Twitch when he's making like creator mix music or when he's mixing something or whatever. Um, and you know, those types of things, it also gets people, anybody that happens to run across him there that gives him the opportunity to, you know, let them know about, you know, creator mix as an example. So, you know, because of that, um, you could consider doing that sort of thing, but in reality, um, everything on YouTube is going to come down to people being able to identify that your music is music um, from the outside. And then two, them clicking on it and being like, hey, this is awesome. And then, you know, listening to it in the background or wanting to subscribe to the channel and go, you know, binge some of your playlists and things like that. 
just as a heads up, if you're not doing it already, which I'm sure you are because you you know hang out in these streams, but if you're not doing it already, make sure that you are using playlists specifically for what it is that you're doing. Um, because you know if somebody does hit the channel and they enjoy the, the music, they're going to open it up in a playlist and they're gonna like listen to it in the background while they're doing other stuff. So just make sure that you do have that um, you know available. Um, let's see here. So next up on our list here, we've got Truth Rising TV. They do news content. The goal is to shed light on what happened in 2020. Um, the question is, can YouTube be held liable for election um, interference for censoring content to shed light on election interference? And in turn, YouTube promoting content that denied reason for an investigation, um, aka ABC. Okay, so when it comes to like all of that, um, YouTube, um, they are not responsible. I mean, they're not really responsible for what users upload to the platform at this moment in time. Um, there is some stuff going on right now um, to where, you know, it might cause a problem for, you know, some of, you know, what YouTube is liable for. We're going to find that out, um, you know, here in the, you know, somewhat near future. But um, as of right now, you know, like if somebody uploads something and people are offended by it or it breaks the law or something like that, it gets reported and then YouTube takes it down. So when it comes to, you know, people's opinions on, you know, what was right or what was wrong or whatever, um, keep in mind that when it comes to all that stuff, in order for YouTube to be held liable, something would have to be proven. And since nothing can be proven based on, you know, some of those claims or whatever, then in that particular case, there's nothing to be held liable about, right? So, you know, when it comes to that sort of thing, um, it's more, you know, like, like you got to have proof in order for, you know, for anybody to be held liable for anything anyway. Okay, so next up on our list here, um, we've got Buckeye the Cat. Buckeye the Cat does daily content. They do entertainment slash pet content. The goal of the channel is to build a community of animal lovers and brighten people's days. The question is, do long form videos under 30 seconds still count for watch hours towards monetization? I heard that people have to watch at least 30 seconds of a video to count, but not sure. So one thing to think about, like I just, I, I wanna just suggest just a different point of view here um, is when, thanks Jerry, <laughs> when you are, <laughs> when you are um, putting out content onto YouTube, keep in mind that you are creating content for other people to enjoy. So if you're going to put out a long form video under 30 seconds, just make it a short, right? Just make it a short and let people, you know, let people enjoy it, you know, in, in, in like a YouTube short. So then they can go in there and, you know, they can enjoy that. If you can make good 30 second videos, then, you know, you just have to have to hit the 10 million, uh, you know, view threshold, um, over there. And then the watch time requirements for that, but, um, uh, or the subscriber requirements for that. Um, and then you'll be fine there. But when it comes to, you know, like, Hey, um, I'm going to upload like, you know, 30 second video and, you know, hopefully, you know, I'll just get enough people interacting with those. I think a more important question to ask yourself is like, how many people are going to have to watch a 30 second video in order for me to get 4,000 hours of watch time. Right. So I would start making longer videos like for, you know, for, for, for that purpose. Um, let's see here. So next up on the list, um, we've got arm feel. Arm Feel says poetry reading. Um, the goal of the channel is to preserve Cantonese language through poetry reading and literature analysis. Um, the question is, my dad wants to upload his PowerPoint lectures but doesn't want to show his face, so the audience is just staring at boring text. How do I convince him to show his face? If he doesn't listen, how can I make it more interesting? 
Um, so of course, just a voiceover. There's plenty of channels on YouTube that will do voiceovers and things like that. Um, one thing, if he is going to be doing, um, you know, just screen shares of presentations, make sure that his presentations are at least like animated in some way. So I know in like PowerPoint, for example, cause you mentioned he does PowerPoint lectures. So like in PowerPoint, um, you, you can have arrows coming in, you can have circles going, you can have, you know, things just kind of shaking, you know, things like that. I would at least try to build out the PowerPoint in a way to where as he's doing the lecture, that there's at least some movement happening in there to bring attention to the specific things he's talking about and all of that. Um, so that, you know, so that people can at least watch those things or be distracted by those things um, while he's doing his, um, while he's doing his lecture. It would be awesome if he could be on camera because then if he was on camera, he could sit there and talk to him and he could create that connection with him there. But if he doesn't want to do it, then, you know, I mean, you know, then he doesn't want to do it. <laughs> so, you know, I think you're kind of, you know, trying to, you know, push uphill um, in that scenario. So because of that, I would just work on, you know, trying to make the slides a little bit interesting, try to have him, you know, work on like his presentation and just make sure that his presentation is, you know, just, you know, interesting um, and, and good to listen to. Make sure he's talking about, you know, good, interesting topics, you know, things like that. Uh, let's see here. So next up on our list, we've got Blocks Arc. Blocks Arc says that they do tutorial slash kids channel. The goal of the channel is to teach kids how to build certain things with Legos and building blocks. The question is, thank you so much for the live stream. My question is what optimal frequency of posting videos for a new channel? Um, upload at a cadence that you are comfortable with. And I know that's probably not the answer you're looking for. You're probably wanting like, you know, hey, you know, it's best to upload, you know, two or three videos per week, you know, that kind of answer. Um, so, Here's just some things to think about when it comes to this. So when you upload one time per week, um, that gives you one video per week to develop your skills, to put it out there into the world and see how people respond to it on the analysis side, um, you know, make any changes that you're gonna make for the next video. And then, you know, you go through that process again. Gives you 52 chances a year um, if you don't, you know, stop for the holidays. Gives you 52 chances a year to uh, put out, you know, to practice doing the thing. Um, if you do it twice, then that gives you 104 and so on. So when it comes to how often to post, it really comes down to what you can comfortably fit into your lifestyle. And because some people, they have the time to do like a video a day, other people don't. So if you can fit enough into your lifestyle to upload more, then in that case, give it a shot, see how it works out, but start with uploading one video per week. And then from there, if you're like, hey, this is a breeze, I, I, I have so much time and I can still do more, then in that case, you know, try two. And then if you're like, hey, I still got tons of time, then go for three. Um, I personally wouldn't do more than that just because of, you know, being able to get ahead of things and, you know, stuff like that. Um, so what I would recommend is that you start with one per week and then you start building up from there. Now, keep in mind, the one per week, it's not a requirement in terms of YouTube, like people can upload once a month and their videos will still get tons of views if it's a really good piece of content. But the reason that I'm saying upload, like start trying to upload one time per week and then build from there is because that's going to give you an opportunity to build the skill set. Because doing this stuff is hard. It's hard to get people to click. Um, it's hard to get people to watch, you know, once they do. It's hard to get people to watch another video once they watch one. It's hard to, you know, do the whole thing. So because of that, 
you want to you know start with one and then you want to start building up from there just for the sake of building up your skills because if you can build up your skills and you can you know learn how to do all of the things required to get a good response from what it is that you do then you'll do great and you can even do great on multiple channels and like anything that you do you'll be able to do okay because you'll know how to do all of this stuff right so um so because of that just think about like, okay, like how much do I need to publish in order to grow my skill set as fast as I can so that whatever it is that I'm on YouTube for, I can make all that happen faster because I'm going to have all my skills in place to, to, to get it all done. Going crazy in the kitchen. Welcome to the Niminati. Welcome to the Niminati. Make sure when you get the chance, you go to NimminVIP.com. That is our members only Facebook group. You can see it right here. Um, when you head over there, make sure you fill out all the questions on the way in because that's how I verify that you are a member. If you can do that before the stream is complete today, then I will get you in, the, in there um, once the stream is finished. Um, next up on our list here, we've got... Mega Squad Trevor, Mega Squad Trevor says they do gaming content. The goal of the channel is to reach a thousand subscribers. The question is, hey Nick, um, this question isn't related to my channel, but how do your cameras switch from one to another in StreamYard? So basically, how this works, the the whole setup that I'm using, um, this is called um, here. I'll just switch it to this so you can see. So basically, I have this device right here. This is called an ATEM Mini Extreme. Um, on Instagram, you're not gonna, oh, there's nobody watching on Instagram anyway. So um, for the ATEM, um, basically they have smaller versions of this where it, you can plug in four different cameras, but this thing itself, it works as a webcam. So what you can do is you can actually, in my case, I can set up to eight different cameras, but the other versions they have, you can set up four. But what you can do is you can plug in, you know, your cameras that you're gonna do. And then from there, you can tell the software that comes with this, I wanna to go to this camera for this amount of time, this camera for this amount of time, this camera for this amount of time, back to this camera, then over to this camera, and you set up that whole thing, and then when you do that, then you just turn on the automation, and then bam, it just goes and, and, and just keeps changing it through whatever sequence it is that you pre-programmed into it. Uh, let's see here, Six Shop says, had a viral video and I'm struggling to get consistent views since. Um, I never know. Should I add tags? Should I make less videos and spend more time? I'm not making any real money yet. Um, improving DIY. So, uh, great question. So when it comes to the tags that you're using in your videos, those aren't gonna like really, you know, like make a big difference for you. So I wouldn't spend much time on that. I would just use like TubeBuddy, for example, and just use it to where, you know, they're gonna give you the suggestion of tags and you say, is this relevant to my video? Yes or no. If it is, then I'm gonna, you know, add the ones that are the most relevant. And then, um, and then you know, like that's it, I'm done. Um, so don't spend a ton of time on them. So um, in terms of you're struggling to get views since, what you need to do is you need to analyze the heck out of that first video that went viral for you. So virality is one thing that new content creators are always like, oh man, I hope I have a viral video. I hope I have a viral video. But viral videos, depending on the topic and how in alignment it is with the content that you're making or that you want to make and the audience that you're trying to reach, sometimes it can work against you. Um, I'm not sure what the scenario is in your case, but um, if you're having trouble getting things rolling now, make sure you are looking at the topic of the video that went viral and making sure that the content that you're making now is a good fit for that audience that, you know, that responded to that. 
but I would also go in and I would look to see um, exactly what you were doing in that video, see how you open the video, see every, you know, every few seconds of that video, what were you doing? What were you showing? Um, you know, where did you stop it? Where did you pick it back up? How did you end the video? How did you get people to watch the next video if you did? those types of things um, so that you can use all that information to craft the next video that you put together to see if you can duplicate it structurally um, so that, you know, um, so that hopefully you can have other videos that, you know, just start performing better. Maybe, you know, maybe viral, maybe not. But the idea is that you use that video as the proof of concept for what it is that you're doing. And you start trying to, you know, figure out through trial and error of making additional videos based on the success of that one, through trial and error, the things that you think caused people to respond well to that video. And then what you do is you take all of your different ideas that you have and why you think people responded in different ways. And then you start applying those to new con to new content as a test. And then what you're going to find over time is, hey, when I start doing when I do these, things, the people will stick around more and I get better audience retention. I get more engagement. I get like all this stuff. And then when I do, you know, more of these things, people end up leaving. And when I talk about these topics, people don't really respond to them as much. But when I talk about these topics, they respond better, but all of that will, you know, you'll uncover over time. But right now, what you want to do is you just want to dig into that video, um, go into your YouTube analytics because those, your analytics are, <clears throat> excuse me, a reflection of how people are responding to your videos. So what you want to do is you want to go in, you want to look at the numbers, but you want to think, okay, this number is saying that people really responded to the thumbnail compared to the impressions that I got. Why? Why do I think that is? Was it the timing of this video in terms of the topic was something on trend and the, you know, the, the type of content that I make? Um, is it because, you know, it was a super broad audience topic? Is it because, you know, like maybe I just focused on like one thing that was controversial at the moment or whatever, but basically look at it there and then look at it in the actual video content itself um, to see if you can, you know, start replicating, uh, you know, what happened in the, um, in the one that went viral for you. Cakes by Choppa says viral videos aren't what they're cracked up to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you're enjoying the show, remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend right now. Epic Cardboard Props over on Instagram. What's up, my dude? It's been a long time. I hope you're on fantastic. Live streaming over on YouTube right now, multicasting over to Instagram. Hope you're doing great. Feel free to join us over on YouTube. It's where the community's at. We got like 300 people over here hanging out right now for the stream uh, over here. So if you have your YouTube app handy, you know, feel free to uh, join us uh, over here also. Little Crafty Nook, what's going on? Hope you're doing great. So uh, let's see here. So next up on the list. Oh, and to answer that question about StreamYard and the multi-camera switching. So basically that device, it just works as a webcam. And then I just plug that into my computer and then I assign that to StreamYard. So Winnie BLV um, is our next question here. They do daily content. Um, they do luxury handbag content. The fun of the, or the goal of the channel is for fun and entertainment. The question is, I just started doing lives on my channel um, weekly with my iPhone. The problem is that the chats don't stay up on the left side. I have to keep swiping the screen to see the questions in chat. Do you know what I can do to keep them up? Um, so what I would do, if you have a tablet, like if you're buying luxury handbags, you can probably afford a tablet if you don't have one yet. So I would just get a tablet and then I would just have your, your your chat running on tablet um, and then so you can see the actual you know chat box itself instead of it being an overlay um, and then I would do the um, and then I would do the stream another thing that you can do is instead of having your phone vertically like this um, or instead of having it horizontal like this to where you're going to see yourself you know full screen and then the chat's going to be coming over and disappearing if you turn it this way then you'll be able to see the um, you'll be able to see the live chat underneath it next 
On the list here, we've got uh, jazz and laughter. Jazz and laughter, they do fashion, style, spending time in nature, minimal commentary. And the question, or the goal is to express myself artistically in a way that I don't see other black content creators doing. And the question is, how do I upload quality videos using my iPhone 11? So make sure that you are recording the videos in um, a high quality format. So make sure that you have it, you know, like 4K resolution, um, make sure that you have it, at, you know, set to like an MP4 or whatever, which I think it's gonna do by default. Um, and then from there, uh, whatever software you use to edit your video, make sure that you're exporting that um, at a high quality as well. And then once you upload it to YouTube, it's going to be whatever quality, um, degraded just a hair, but it's gonna be, um, you know, whatever quality it is that you, you know, pre, um, you know, that you, that you exported it out of your video editing software. Um, let's see here. Next up on the list, we're on question number 30. We're like, uh, we're like cruising through these. So, uh, let's see here. So the next one on our list here is, uh, let's see the channel name. Okay. They, they put a Gmail in here instead of the channel name, but the, it's a gaming channel. The goal is to get partnered. And the question is, I have a question. I was wondering which people watch your videos do people usually come during the stream and it count as views or after because i noticed i'm always stuck on zero viewers all the time so how do you know you're getting more views do people usually come in okay so when you are live people can participate while you're live and you get views and watch time for that um, after your live stream is complete then you will also get views and watch time for that as long as it remains public on the youtube channel if you take it and you unlist it or you make it private then you're going to lose the public watch time and the public views for those videos hey enjoy your bagel uh ernie so next up, we've got uh, One Step. One Step says that they do fighting games. The goal of the channel is to turn my skills and passion into a fun and rewarding career. The question is, my dude, good morning. My dude, hope you're doing awesome. Says, um, first, thanks to Creator Mix for being my number one artist on Spotify for 2022. Woo, woo, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's the second one. So there was um, there was somebody that posted in the members only group also um, about that. Um, so actually, I think that was you actually. So never mind. <laughs> Second, um, if you were a gamer and you wanted to kind of shift content, not entirely change genres, but you change the main game for a new one that's coming out, how would you make that shift? What steps would you take to make that shift into the new content for yourself and for your audience, even if the, at first the numbers weren't so great? Because of course your current audience isn't there for the new game you're changing into, thanks. First, I would do a, a, a few um, primer questions in my community tab and that qu those questions would be based around that game so you know it would the simple things you know hey like let's say for example um because it's a fighting game so if the new game is also a fighting game then in that particular case start building up hype about it hey uh you know this is coming out you know are you pumped about it or not um you know yes or no and then that way, you know, you're gonna see if they even care to watch it in the first place. Um, and then from there, you know, hey, you know, like, uh, let me know in the comments, you know, what, you know, what fighters you're wanting to, you know, see fight, you know, once this game comes out, that type of thing. And just start trying to collect as much information as you can as you are, you know, heading in the direction of that game coming out. So that when you publish your very first video on it, you're, you're, you're filling in all of those blanks that you've uncovered from the people that are already interacting with your content that you've uncovered from what it is that they want from you. Um, so I would do that first. From there, um, I would make that video. And then of course, depending on how people, you know, responded to that video, the next video, um, if they did great with that video, then I would follow it up with another one. But if not, then I would make another video on the other stuff that I was doing. Um, but if you're like, hey, this is a brand new game and there's gonna be tons of attention around this game, it's gonna be trending for a while, then in that case, I would just step into it. 
and I would do the community tab thing just so I can get people primed up and let them know I'm going to be making some videos about it. Um, I might even say, hey, for the next like 30 days, you know, this is going to be the game that I'm focusing on, but then I'm going to be doing some of the other stuff, you know, blah, blah. But um, but if you think it's going to be something to where like tons of people are going to be like, you know, looking for it and, you know, just interested in it when it first comes out, then in that case, if it was me, I would do the community tab thing first so I could figure out exactly what it is that they wanted to see. And then I would just make video after video after video of, you know, exactly what it is that they want to see based on that feedback that you get from your community tab. And then from there, um, if, as soon as you start noticing that series kind of like dying out a little bit, then start sprinkling back in some of your old stuff, maybe go back and forth from there. Um, or if you're like, hey, I'm just loving this game, then just kind of keep walking down that path. And keep in mind, like when you do publish a video again on the other stuff, then, you know, as long as, you know, people are still going in and watching that content, YouTube will still know who to show it to. Um, it's just those initial, you know, people as you're starting to get that new, um, that new pillar of content going. Next on the list, we've got Making New Dreams Come True is the channel name. They upload when they have time. They do sewing uh, sewing and designing clothes. If you're enjoying the show, remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend right now. Rob's other account. What's up, Rob? Balasibus watching on Instagram. So everybody that's watching on Instagram right now, I think we've got like four folks over there right now. The party's happening over on YouTube. Just so you know, we got the community over here. We got like 300 people in here, 324 right now. So um, so if you want the community side of this and not just the information, make sure you come over to YouTube. If not, then, you know, definitely feel free to just listen over there on, uh, on Instagram. But Rob, hope you're doing awesome, man. Um, so right here we have um, Making New Dreams Come True. It's a sewing and designing clothes channel. The goal of the channel is to share my knowledge and passion about sewing and fashion design. The question is, how come I'm giving a subscriber's name when they subscribe? This doesn't happen for all of those who subscribe. You should just be seeing the channel name. Um, that should be the only thing that you are seeing on your recent um, on your recent subscriber list. Yeah, if you're seeing an actual name, yeah, that that would be a bug of some kind. Unless unless you're seeing like a handle, maybe you might be seeing the handle, and that might be what you're thinking. Um, because like you have a channel name and then you have the handle, so in some cases the handles are the same as the channel name, in other cases they're not. So that might be what you're seeing uh, as well. Zukira Fera says that they do gaming content. The goal of the channel is to educate, entertain, and help others excel in games that I do content for. And the question is, I recently passed 1,000 subscribers and viewers are asking when I'll offer memberships. I wanna give good value, but I'm unsure what rewards I would like to offer for members. I could use some ideas. What are some membership rewards to offer as a gaming channel? Um, the first is access. So um, when it comes to access, like one thing that's cool about channel memberships is that they will separate like regular casual viewers from people that are like into what it is that you're doing, right? So if they're into what it is that you're doing, I mean, some people, you know, they, they, you know, maybe they can't afford it or something like that, which is fine. But like there's, you know, like in terms of the the commitment they have also to you, um, the people that are willing to do the channel memberships, it's just, you know, they're more into what it is that you're doing. So because of that, that access is also like a big deal. So like, for example, for our channel members, I have a Facebook group and within that Facebook group, they can tag me, like the community's in there. So like, you know, they're all interacting with each other um, as well. But if they have a question specifically for me, they just tag me and then I'll hop in and answer, you know, the question. And then we do live streams over there and stuff like that too. 
So in your case, like what you could do is since you're doing gaming content um, is one, you could have like hangout streams over there where you just like hang out, talk about games, you know, things like that. You could have those as like members only uh, live streams that you do to where they're not public on the channel. They're only public for members of your channel. Um, you could also have it to where they get to game with you. So instead of it being like, hey, you know, you're, you know, like you're just watching me game with other people. It's like, hey, let's squad up and everybody, you know, come in. If you're a, a channel member, we're going to go and we're going to, you know, we're, we're going to you know, play some of these games together. Um, and then by doing that, like not only will you probably, you know, um, you know, create like a cool gaming squad, but you also probably make some friends out of that too, because you're gonna be gaming together. Um, but that's, you know, another thing that, you know, you'd be able to add um, in there. But in your case specifically, I would build everything more around like access to you. And, you know, as part of that also, just, you know, just, you know, like, hey, guys, I'm working on, you know, some of these videos, you know, do you have anything that you would like to see me make, things like that? And you can start kind of catering some of the content that you make to, you know, the the things that, you know, the the most engaged people in your community, the people that are willing to pay for your membership, um, start catering things more, um, some of your content towards, you know, what it is that they are, you know, the most interested in. Um, great question. Next up, we've got um, how big is the map? How big is the map is a gaming channel. They walk across maps from end to end. I, I, I love this concept. I, every time like a question comes in, every time you see, I, I see in chat, like every time I see, I'm just like, ah, man, love that concept. It was such a, such a, such a clever, clever thing to do. Um, but the question is, hey, Nick, I know you drink coffee during the live streams. This is coconut water. So normally it's coffee, but the last two streams, I think, um, I'm doing coconut water because like right now it's 10 52 PM where I'm at. So because of that, um, you know, when I do the coffee, um, you know, it just makes it to where like I stay up longer, you know, things like that. So now I'm like, Hey, I'm going to, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to start testing some coconut water here and sometimes just like water, whatever for these late streams so that I can, you know, just make sure that I'm not staying up too late and stuff. Um, but says, but do you also drink those cold ready-made coffee drinks that you can buy in the supermarket? Do you have those drinks in the supermarket in Thailand? I think they're delicious. Sorry for being so off topic. <laughs> no worries at all. So, um, I, like I know what you're talking about with like where you can go into, um, like, you know, one of the, the stores, like in the States, you can get like a, like a cold, like, uh, like, you know, like Starbucks, like whatever, um, in like a, like a bottle. Um, so when I'm in the States, sometimes I'll drink those, but here, um, we, we have that kind of stuff here. Um, but it's not like, I usually don't get it. Like I'll just make like hot coffee, you know, downstairs, or if I'm out, maybe I'll grab something cold, but most of the time, um, it's, it's just warm coffee, but right now it's coconut water. Next on our list, we've got Maunia Histories Sinistris. They are telling suspense stories. The goal of the channel is to entertain people who like thrills and suspense, just like me. And the question is, thanks, Nick. My channel is about narration of royalty-free novels. YouTube has always refused to monetize it because it's reused content. Started to add my own short stories with montage. Can I get monetized now? So that call is gonna be up to YouTube. So what the reviewer is gonna have to see is they're gonna have to see that you're doing a lot of unique original content because that's the problem with like, you know, a lot of the, like you'll see tons of videos right now um, and even channels starting where they're talking about cash cow channels on YouTube. And that's definitely a thing and you can definitely do it. But if you do it incorrectly, then what's going to end up happening is that you are going to put in all of this work and you, you are going to get the YouTube saying, Hey, this is reused, you know, reused content. Sorry, you're not, uh, we're not going to let you in the partner program. And part of the thing that some of those channels are selling people is like, Hey, 
go to Social Blade. This channel's making this type of content. They're making like, you know, X amount of thousands of dollars per month or whatever. But they're not disclosing that, yeah, that channel's got like 5 million subscribers on it. They've been making videos for a decade. Like, they're not saying that kind of stuff. What they're doing is they're trying to get you to click and then kind of remake that content. But anyway, that's not what you're asking, but I'm just saying for everybody else here. Cash cow channels are a thing, but you have to do them uh, in, a, in a different way than just downloading somebody else's like meditation videos and re-uploading those videos. Like that has worked in the past, but now YouTube is getting more strict on that kind of stuff. But, um, but when it comes to you making your own short stories and your own original content, then in that case, there's, there's no reason not to monetize you, but you just have to make sure that you're just being very um, um, aggressive with focusing all of your efforts right now on that original content. So when they see all the recent content that you've made, it's like all original content. And then once you're monetized, still keep making that content, but then occasionally drop in some of the other stuff um, as well. That will end up being on the reuse side. Um, let's see here. So uh, Brad, Magic Flying Potato says, Nick, what color are your studio walls that make the blue lighting pop like that? Um, way off topic. No, it's fine, man. Um, so the, they're black. So my walls, I know like a lot of people will do like the gray um, tone because it's just a little bit more versatile. But me, I just like, you know, I like the the dark look, even like not just this room. Like we've got like this style going through the whole place. <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, they're just, they're just black. Um, but the light that I have back there, it's just a bright, um, LED, uh, Godex is who makes it, but it's this bright little, uh, here, I'll actually show you what it is. If you're enjoying the show, remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend right now. Yeah, it's this, uh, this right here is all it is. So this is like a, uh, it's just like a little pancake LED that you can plug in through like USB-C um, and then you can plug it into a USB or you can plug it into a little adapter to plug it into a wall or whatever. So that one I think is either plugged into like my computer, my monitor or something like that for the power. Um, but it's, it's super bright, like it gets really, really bright. Um, so that's where, that's where that comes from. And then on this side, this is a Godex tube. The one that is, um, that you see right there behind the TV. That's a Godex tube, which is this right here. And with this, um, same thing to where you turn it on and it's like, you know, it can get pretty bright. It's got all these different modes and stuff like this is at the lowest setting right now. And you can see how bright that is. Um, but, uh, but this thing is pretty awesome. I actually have two of these. In fact, I use these for my green screen when I do the news because um, with my current lighting setup, some of the lights are a little bit difficult um, to you know just have the angles hitting perfectly for the green screen. So I actually have um, these tube lights um, on both sides, so it'll broad, so it'll. Uh, shine light um, in some of those darker areas, like down, you know, more towards the bottom of that, where I'm kind of blocking it with my shadow coming from both directions. So uh, next up, we've got Cynthia's Frugal Decor. They do home decor and shopping halls. The goal of the channel is a creative outlet and additional income. The question is more than half of my views come from outside of the US, but my channel's not growing at all. My audience retention is positive and my analytics mostly. My click-through rate is all over the place. 
So what you need to do um, when it comes to your click-through rate is instead of looking at it um, at your average out view, make sure that you are looking at it in your traffic sources, which you're already you know looking at that type of information, but just make sure you are looking in your traffic sources, um, make sure that you have a fair click-through rate, um, and you'll be able to identify this based on the other content that you have on your channel that has performed well. Um, look at your click-through rate um, on um, home pages. look at your click-through rate on suggested videos, and look at your click-through rate in search if you are targeting YouTube search. Of course, you can look at your click-through rate in your um, subscription feed as well, and the reason that you do that is it kind of helps you gauge interest on the particular you know topics as well based on your subscribers themselves, but um, when it comes to um, your audience retention being mostly positive, that's fine. Um, but if you like, it doesn't matter where your views are coming from, as long as people are responding well to the content then YouTube will keep showing it to people that are, you know, in that are similar to the people that are enjoying the content. So as a heads up, you know, since YouTube is a global thing in some cases, you know, you might have to where you like people in like the Philippines just really love your videos. Like that's that that happens. It's it's not a big deal when it happens. But just keep in mind when things like that do happen, then in that case, like you might you might have like a friend that's making similar content and they're getting a lot more traffic from like the US, for example. And you're like, why are they making so much more ad money than me? And that will come down to, you know, where the viewers are actually watching from, you know, with the similar content. So, um, so you know, there's, there's a downside to that in terms of that, but you are, you know, you do have people that are interacting with your content that are enjoying it from those places, which is a win. So you're doing the right thing, um, but you're just hoping to get more views, I'm guessing, from the US since you said most of your views are half. More than half of your views. Yeah, most of your views are coming from um, outside of the US. But in terms of your click-through rate, what you wanna do is you want to um, consider when it comes to your click-through rate that your click-through rate is going to be impacted by the topic of your videos. Um, it's gonna be impacted by um, your thumbnail, of course, and it's gonna be impacted by your title, right? Those three things are like the most critical when it comes to your click-through rate because those are the things that, you know, like if the topic is a loser, then in that particular case, or I'll just say not a winner, then in that case, um, then people are, you know, just the general idea of what the video is about, you know, people are just aren't gonna be interested in it. If the thumbnail doesn't help grab attention about, you know, what the thing is, like in your case, um, what were you doing? I think you're doing DIY stuff, but like in your case, if the thumbnail doesn't help people identify that it is, you know, home decor content and shopping halls, then in that case, you know, people just skip right over it, which can, you know, hurt your um, click through rate. But the idea with your thumbnails is you want to make sure that you're using the imagery in there that's going to help the people that you're trying to reach identify that the content is about something that they care about. That's it. Like you don't have to get fancy. You don't have to fill it with a bunch of text, a bunch of words, anything like that. Just use imagery in there that's gonna help the people you're trying to reach identify that it's that type of content. And then from there, once they identify it, they're gonna drop down to your title to figure out what it's about. So if you have this like super cool interior, or if you have this specific object that you remade or whatever for the interior design, that's gonna be the thing that's gonna grab their attention and they're gonna drop down to the title, their eyes are, and then that's where you compel them to you know click on it. You give them a little bit of information about what it is that they are going to get or about you know what the video is about, and then you add compelling elements to get them to click, uh, to actually click on it. But keep in mind though, when it comes to your click-through rate, like, you know, that that's normal um, in terms of, you know, like click-through rate being all over the place. So what you wanna figure out there also is you wanna figure out baselines in performance for the different content types that you do. So for example, like let's say, let's say that in your case, since you're doing like home decor stuff, let's say that um, anytime, and this is gonna sound extremely nuanced, but like this is a thing. So let's say for example, that, um, um, that you find that anytime you make content about like bedroom decor, 
that that content just has a much higher click-through rate compared to the impressions that you're getting compared to the videos that you make about living rooms, right? So when you figure that out and you can figure all that kind of stuff out in your grouping feature to see it as a content set or you can just look at them individually. But once you figure out those types of details, then you can start saying, okay, anytime I make a, a bedroom video, then in that particular case, since I know people respond to these better anyway, then if my video doesn't have a X percent click-through rate by the time it reaches X amount of impressions from like home pages, as an example, then in that case, I'm gonna go in and maybe change the title, maybe update the thumbnail um, if it's you know within a reasonable amount of time based on how my other content typically performs for you know this type of topic. And then same exact thing for the living room content and so on. Um, let's see here, but those baselines, just to, just to kind of go on that one again for a second, but those baselines in terms of like the averages for the channel, the reason that everybody here needs to figure that out once you, you know, if you don't have, you know, consistent views coming in yet, once you do have consistent views, once you do have some videos that perform better than some of the other videos, things like that, and you start getting some insight into like, okay, people responded better to this one. I'm getting a much higher click through rate on this one, um, on, you know, these particular traffic sources, like home pages, for example, compared to like what it is that I normally do, then what you can do is you can start using that one as a guide right? So once you start getting that information, then over a period of time, it becomes really easy to say like, oh, hey, um, it's been like, you know, a few hours or it's been a day, whatever. Um, and typically by the time I hit this many impressions, my click through rate is on my videos that, that do, you know, okay. My click through rate is, you know, typically over this, my audience retention is typically over this based on, you know, this amount of impressions. And then you can go in and make any adjustments that you need on your, you know, thumbnail or title if they're not. Um, let's see here. So Tommy T's extreme roller coaster. Thank you for the super chat, man. I appreciate it. Says, Hey Nick, what causes videos to go viral after steadily growing after a few months? I just had a video skyrocket with over a hundred thousand views in the last week. Um, just the right audience. So basically like as they're showing it around to people and people are like responding, you know, to it or whatever, then, you know, YouTube just finds that group of people that just really are into it and they just show it to, you know, that cluster of viewers and, and, you know, they, they respond well to it and then that'll cause it to, you know, shoot up. So if that, if, if there's like a large amount of those people, then that will continue to, you know, to, to thrive for a while. If there's not a large amount, then, it, then you'll get that burst and then it'll start, you know, kind of trickling back down, um, just based on, you know, the interest in, you know, the topic and so on. Congratulations to you for that takeoff video though. That's a, that's a win. Um, abandoned beauty says, why aren't viewers from shorts clicking on the full link video when I leave them hanging to see what happens? Um, because my guess on this one, cause you know, you can't just, you know, like who knows, but my guess on this one is because if they're in the short shelf, they're probably wanting to watch shorts um, in that particular moment. And in order for them to jump to the long form video, they have to be really into what it is that you did with the short or find the short super interesting. So when you leave them hanging, I'm not sure how clear it is to them that you leave them hanging. Like to you, you're intentionally like, hey, I'm putting the short together, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna cut it here so that they have to go watch the long form video to kind of have that um, fulfilled, right? So you know that, but on their end, they might not be experiencing it the same way that you're intending them to experience. They might, but they might not, which could be why you're not get, getting you know people to click. Um, other things could be, to where once they get to the um, you know end of that particular short where you leave them hanging, you might want to drive them into the longer video. So like, for example, if you are sampling out a section of your short through that feature, and since the link is directly on screen, tell them, click here to watch the full video. 
And then by doing that, you're putting at least a clear call to action and you're not just telling them, you're showing them directly. Click here to watch the full video. Because you know, as a user, some people are already familiar with that link between content, other people aren't. So by telling them like, click right here to watch the full video, then not only do you have that call to action in there, but you're also showing the people that might not even know that they have the option to travel right through that short into a long form piece of content. Um, you're letting them know exactly, you know, where that option is to, to click on that. Um, let's see here. Hey, thanks, Chantel. So, hey, really quick, um, Chantel just dropped a link in here um, on the um, to my TikTok. So, if you have a TikTok account, just as a heads up, I'm publishing um, YouTube related content over there now as well. So, make sure that you follow me over on TikTok for some you know short form versions of that. I put up some videos that I put up on YouTube Shorts here, but I put up some videos that I haven't put up here, and some of them I end up putting here too um, as well. But I just want you to follow me over there because one. You can get that content too, um, so that I can start live streaming over there as well. Because right now, as I'm live here, I'm also live streaming over to Instagram um, as well through this cool in-stream um, device that I got. So um, this device allows me to multicast. So because of that, um, as soon as I have that count over on TikTok, then I'm going to start, you know, live streaming over there too. So if you happen to be on TikTok, you didn't get the notification for YouTube, you forgot that I live stream on Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern, then in that case, uh, you know, if you're on TikTok, you're like, hey, Nick's live. Oh, that's right. Let me go hang out over on uh, over on YouTube. So, um, uh, so just make sure that you are following me over there. I'd super appreciate it. Uh, let's see here. Bearded IT dad. Good morning. Welcome to the uh, welcome to the stream today. Let's see here. So um, droning Western Australia says, but if you use the remix function, remix function, don't change the permissions, otherwise YouTube will delete it. Absolutely. Yeah, so if you're doing the remix, then yes, because then with the um, remix itself, if they change the permission, like if they made it private, then YouTube would, you know, they would delete that even if it's on the same channel. Absolutely. Um, let's see here. So moments of peace with Vanessa is the next question that we have here. And Moments of Peace with Vanessa says that they do inspirational content, the goal of the channel is to support others. And the question is, I love motivating people. I don't know if my channel will be monetized because I use reused content often. Are there restrictions if I use reused content? Yes. So just like we had up here before, somebody mentioned that they actually were trying to get into the partner program because they met the requirements, but they were getting declined because of the reused content. So absolutely, um, if you are using a lot of reused content, then you, you, know, you are creating that possible obstacle for yourself. Speak English with this guy. Thank you for your month support there for four months. Super uh, appreciate it. Glad that you are enjoying the content. The end has come. Says, Super how long do YouTube tracked. channel reviews take? Um, right now, we're not doing channel reviews here um, today. Um, in terms of channel reviews, um, like I'm not doing channel reviews like as a service, you know, right now either. I know Daniel Batal, he does um, channel reviews. I think Roberto Blake does channel reviews um, as well. Um, but me, I'm not doing them at this moment in time. I will be probably um, starting probably mid next year, um, maybe quarter two of next year. But um, but right now, I'm I'm not doing them. I'm focused on on other on other stuff right now. Um, Spectrum Art Studio. 
says that they do art tutorials and reviews. Oh, just a heads up. We also do like first impression reviews, if that's what you're talking about in our members only group. And we just do them as we get to them. So basically I live stream over there. Sometimes I'm doing weekly. Sometimes I do it like, you know, every other week or, or monthly. Um, but right now I'm actually in like very deep, thought about exactly what it is I'm going to be offering channel members in 2023. Um, so because of that, I'm streaming over there right now. We just did one um, the week before last, but I didn't do it last week. Um, but the thing is for um, uh, like the, when you sign up as a channel member, the thing that I mentioned in there is like a monthly stream. Um, so, you know, with that, with the extra ones that I'm doing in there, I just do those just to go in there and like help out. Um, but basically with the streams, um, they're just in the, you know, order that they come in, but they're just a first impression channel review. Like there's not access to like data or anything like that, like the analytics of the channel. It's more of like a best practice. Like, you know, do you have all the things in place? What do your titles look like? Thumbnails, you know, we'll watch a video together and be like, Hey, you know, what could you do better in the videos? That kind of stuff. Um, let's see here. Oh, for the monetization reviews. Yeah. So for those, um, right now I'm, I actually, um, am taking a break on those. I actually might do one this coming week. Um, but the sponsor for that one, we're actually, you know, figuring out our game plan for 2023 and all that. Um, so once that starts back up, then I'll be doing them more consistently. Um, but right now, um, I might do one this coming week anyway, but I, I don't have it on the books yet. Um, but if I do, then in that case, just make sure you show up for it and make sure that you, um, you know, put in the right hashtag. And then if your channel pops up, then, um, then, you know, then we'll be taking a look at it. Um, the Super KMH track. family says, Hey Nick, hope you're having a great one. We're shopping for a computer monitor, trying to decide between a 32 or 34 or two 29 inch monitors. What are your thoughts? Also thoughts on curve versus flat. So, um, I like curved monitors. Like the one that I have back here is a curved monitor and I love it. Um, but it's like a super wide, um, but I love that particular monitor. I like the flat ones too. Um, like I would think about what you're doing. So for example, um, if I didn't have that curved one, then I would have two matching monitors, probably, you know, side by side, or I would have them on swing arms where I could, um, where I could have it here and then just kind of move it to where I have a screen on each side for when I'm live streaming. So if you're going to be doing a lot, a lot of live streaming from your desk or something like that, um, then in that case, I would just get the two and then I would just put it on each side of the camera, but I would get mounts for them so that you can actually move them around. So you could slide it into place. So you don't have to look to the side, you know, when you're not live streaming. So you can just move it over and then have the other one, you know, over here, you know, just kind of scoot it over a little bit as well. And then just kind of move them around, you know, right before you live stream. Um, so I would definitely consider that. But um, in terms of the curve monitors, I know when I first got my first curved monitor, which is this one right here, actually, um, that curved monitor, I actually really, I, I liked it. Um, this particular one here and the other monitor that I have over there, um, these are flat. And now that I'm more used to the curve um, than I was before, this one, it's extreme because it kind of wraps around a little bit, but, um, but with this one compared to this, there's not really that much of a difference. It's a little bit like weird when you first get it because it is curved and your brain's just not used to seeing it. Um, but these days, like for me, if I was like, you know, refreshing everything, I would probably just go with flat monitors. Um, I probably wouldn't do the curved thing unless it was an extreme curve, like the one that I have back there. Cause I love that. I love that one. Uh, the dude's Super kitchen and grill chat. love the channel name. Oop, hit the wrong button. Welcome to the Niminati. Welcome to the Niminati. Make sure when you get the chance, um, make sure you go to NimmonVIP.com. That's going to redirect you to our members-only Facebook group. And I use that, by the way, because it's easier than saying... 
Facebook.com slash groups slash Nimenati slash if, if there's like a bunch of letters, numbers and stuff. But anyway, just go to NimenVIP.com. That's going to redirect you to the members only Facebook group. Um, and then once you get to that page, make sure you put in, um, fill out all the information on the way in because that's how I verify that you're a member on the way in. Because during these streams, I'll have like a decent amount of people that will go over there um, that will try to like just get into the group anyway, even though they're not a member. So I have to make sure that everybody fills everything out so I can, you know, verify, verify people. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, also, you know, because they are looking for monitor recommendations. I see, you know, some people here talking about, you know, their um, their monitor setups and stuff. If you wouldn't mind, you know, if you do have multiple monitors or you have, you know, curved and flats, if you have opinions on those, just to help out, you know, KMH family right here, if you do have any thoughts on, you know, your, your, your opinions on monitors so they can get, you know, other opinions besides just mine, please, you know, feel free to um, drop them in the, um, drop them in the chat. Triathlon with Coach John super says launched chat. a new design. Thank you for the super chat. Says launched a new design on Spreadshop. It is a um, it is a good design and niche specific, but sakes poor sales poor. Um, I added QR codes for self promo. What do you think? And any promo ideas welcome. So just spread awareness about it in your um, in your you know in your content. Just let people know it's available. Make sure you keep those links down into your video description. Technically, if you wanted to, you could run ads and that kind of stuff. But then you're you know you have to balance out your ROI and all that to make sure that it's you know worth running the ads. But um, but when it comes to um, you know, ideas for, you know, getting the word out, um, you know, those links in your description, um, technically you could make a community post about it. Anytime you have a new design that goes up, make sure you, you know, put it out there. Um, but also another thing to keep in mind as well, I'm not sure what you have in your designs. So if your designs are based around triathlon with coach John versus things that triathletes would like relate to, then in that particular case, um, it's going to be likely that you're going to sell less because it's about you. And it's only going to be like super fans that'll get those compared to if it's something that triathletes would um, uh, would just relate to, right? Like, like just if there's any type of insider language that you guys use or, you know, just specific things where they'd see it and be like, oh yeah, that's, yeah, I totally relate to that. I'm getting that one. Um, then in that particular case, you know, you'll, you'll more likely end up selling more of those than you will ones that are just like, you know, triathlon, uh, uh, triathlon with coach John. Um, uh, so just make sure that you are considering that as well when it comes to your merch. Also, just a heads up, um, DJ over at Spreadshop and the whole crew over there, they're awesome. So like if um, if you did want to have like a strategy call or something like that with them on how to bring more attention, I would just send them a support ticket and say, hey, Nick Nimmin sent me. Um, they said that I should talk to like DJ and um, and that, you know, they might be able to help me, uh, you know, just kind of figure out some ideas that I can do to uh, to, you know, to get more attention to my merch. Cause that's one thing that they're really good about over there is like, you know, if they're, if their customers are, you know, like trying to amplify things or trying to figure things out or whatever, they're really good with trying to help out over there because the better you do, the better they do as well. So it's just like a win all the way around. So I would definitely reach out to them. Um, also. So uh, let's see here. So next question that we have here on the list, round number 39 now is um, Aimed Music. Aimed Music says that they have a music channel. The goal of the channel says I make music videos where I play inspirational music in the wilderness and my goal is to make the world a better place. First off, that's awesome, by the way. I watch content like that all of the time. I'm actually gonna open up your channel right now and subscribe to it because I love that type of, uh, I love that type of content. I'm actually gonna go over here and hopefully your stuff is like my jam and I'll probably listen to it all the time, but I'm subscribing right now. So hopefully I can check it out. Just subscribe. Oh, you've got like a cello. Oh yeah, I'll definitely be listening to some of that. So first, 
Um, cause I haven't clicked on, um, the actual content itself. So just make sure that, you know, the audio is fantastic. So one thing that I run across, cause I'm into that type of content. One thing that I run across, um, just as a viewer with that type of content is like the scene will look great, but the audio will be garbage. And the whole thing is like, Hey, this is like, they're playing music. So I'm here for the music, not necessarily the scenery. The scenery is a bonus to the music that I want to experience. Right. So, um, so just make sure that the music itself, that you, that everything is mic'd up right and all of that. And then it's just like a nice, you know, full, you know, piece of music. Um, but the question that you have here um, is you say, what things can I do to get YouTube to boost my videos in the algorithm? So everything on YouTube, um, and you'll hear me say this all the time during live streams, everything on YouTube is based on response. So it's how people respond to what it is that you're doing. So in your particular case, what you have to start thinking about is, is how can I you know, increase that response? So of course, one is the thumbnails that you're making and the specific songs that you're choosing to play. Um, if they're popular songs already, then in that particular case, you know, make sure that you are mentioning that you know it is that particular song making sure your thumbnails are nice and vibrant and just like rich in color things like that that will grab attention to them because you're sitting there playing the instrument so just like when i just looked at your channel and i'm like oh playing the cello sweet subscribe and i'm in so for me seeing those thumbnails of you playing the cello was enough for me like you told me here i play inspirational music in the wilderness so i had that context already but then I go there and I see that you're playing a cello and I love listening to cello music. So I'm like, okay, like I'm in, right? I'm gonna subscribe, at least give this channel a, a chance, right? So in terms of the imagery itself, make sure that your thumbnails, cause like what you're currently doing, um, they do seem like a little bit like, uh, um, just not like, you know, super high quality. Um, I would definitely make sure, cause you're showing like a lot of the wilderness and just like a little bit of you, I would make sure that you're balancing that a little bit better and make sure that you're showing like a nice amount of you because the you part, you playing the cello is going to be the thing that's gonna pull in the people that are interested in your type of content. So again, the music is the star, right? The music is the star of your videos. The nature is like the co-pilot or the stage or whatever, but the star of what it is that you're doing is the actual music itself, right? You and the music. So because of that, have that as the focal point of your thumbnails and then have the nature as the secondary, right? So it's like, okay, here's me playing the cello so that they can identify that it's, you know, at least some person playing, you know, the cello. And then, um, so that's big and it's really easy to see. And then the, the, all the nature stuff is secondary. Next, with your thumbnails specifically, I wouldn't even put text on them. Like I would just rely on the imagery by itself. I wouldn't even bother with the text that you have on the top and the bottom. Um, I would just let your titles, you know, do the talking there. And in addition to that, make them pop. So like right now, one of the things that, um, that all of your thumbnails have is the, like there's no real vibrance with them. Some of them have color, but they're not really vibrant. So I would definitely go in and I would, I would use an app like Lightroom, which is free in your phone. Um, you also have Snapseed, which is made by Google. That is also free to use. And I would go in there and I'd just start kind of experimenting with like just how to bring out more color, how to add just a little bit more contrast to them, how to make them just more, just rich in color. So when people see them, what will happen if you do that, um, or just with some type of like, you know, color styling of some type on them, what will happen is somebody will see the thumbnail and it will look like a good experience that they might have. That's the idea. So for me, when I see stuff like this, because again, I, I list, I like watch what it is that you're making. So for me, when I see stuff like this, if it's like, if everything kind of looks like a little bit wonky or just like not right, 
in some cases I won't even click on it because I'm like, ah, uh, you know, they're probably like still like, you know, figuring stuff out, probably not even good audio or like whatever. So I'll just watch one that I already know is good or whatever. But when I see one that like, it looks like, you know, Hey, you know, this is a good high quality picture. They've done some good color treatment to it and all that stuff. It looks like a, a like a professional experience from the outside. I personally am more inclined to click on those because if the outside looks good, then that's one step in the right direction for the inside possibly being good as well. But if the outside doesn't look good to me in my brain, I'm like, okay, if it doesn't, if, if they haven't gotten past that hurdle, then there's probably some other hurdles that I might run into. And therefore, you know, I'll just go watch one that I'm already familiar with. So, um, so first off high five on your content. Um, and I hope that you do just awesome. Um, but I would definitely, you know, just work on your thumbnails, uh, more than anything with what it is that you're doing. But one thing that's important to know, like I was saying before, in terms of, you know, the YouTube algorithm showing your content to more people, um, it's going to come down to how people respond to what it is that you're doing. So make sure that your audio is on point, make sure that your, um, the actual videos, um, or the song covers that you're doing are popular. Make sure that, um, the, the, every, you know, Every, all about it, everything about it. Um, just just try to make it as high quality as you possibly can, um, so that you know that it creates that experience for people as they as they go in. Because if you can get people to click on it and just sit back and listen, because right out of the gate, as soon as it starts, they're like, "Oh, this is good," right? And then they can just sit back, they can take their hand off of their mouse and just sit there and just like listen to it for a second then your videos are gonna do great. Because then what's going to happen is if, they, if they're like, oh yeah, this is nice, then they're gonna sit there and they're gonna listen to it and they're just gonna let it play because they're gonna wanna hear the song, right? So um, like with, with content like what you're doing, it's, it's different than a lot of the other content on YouTube because you're like putting on a, on a show, you know, kind of. So there it's like, hey, they're like in this cool environment. It sounds great. You know what I mean? Like they wowed me right as I came in here. You know what I mean? Like those types of things. So I would just focus all of your efforts on like, okay, I got to make this look good from the outside. I got to try to make the video look as good as I, as I can as well. But I got to make sure I'm focused on the actual audio and make sure when it starts that I'm not like, okay, so, you know, today, um, you know, I'm out here in the woods of Montana and we're going to be, you know, playing this particular thing. As soon as they hit play, I would just be like, right. And just, just like, go ahead and start the thing. Um, I would experiment with that and see how people, you know, respond to starting your videos that way if you're not already. And then um, if you find that people aren't responding well to that, then try the personality side, like, hey guys, today we're gonna be doing this. Um, and then, you know, starting to play from there. So experiment with both, use the YouTube uh, grouping feature to see which one holds people the best in the beginning and then uh, roll from there. Super excited for your YouTube channel. I hope that you blow up and do awesome. Love channels like yours. Absolutely love them. That's why I subscribed. Um, okay, so the next channel that we have here um, is You Suck at Sleeping. <laughs> That's great. Have you seen You Suck at Cooking? You Suck at Cooking is like an awesome uh, YouTube channel. They used to have uh, You Suck at Photoshop too. I don't know if they still do. But um, the type of channel is sleep, relaxation, and meditation. The goal is to create a catalog of passive income and create uh, other faceless channels. So you're doing the cash cow thing. And the question is, if YouTube promotes... Um, Promotions, are YouTube promotions worth it early on? I find it muddies the data and then for a course of several weeks after it ends, the regular traffic comes back. Is there a way to, um, uh, is there a better way to spend the money to accelerate growth? So here's the thing. If you want like real sustainable growth on YouTube, then you have to be able to do it on YouTube. So if you throw money at it and you have ad campaigns that you run, then in that particular case, you'll have some people that'll interact, you know, with the content, whatever. And then when you publish your next video, YouTube is still going to just show it on a homepage or show it next to another video or show it in search or whatever. And when they show it, 
you still have to be able to get people to click on it. You still have to get people to enjoy the content in order for YouTube to, um, to continue showing it to people and in order for the content to do well. So because of that, um, I actually wouldn't worry about YouTube promotions at all right now. I would just focus all 100% of your efforts on just making the content awesome. And then once you get that in place, making the content awesome and learning how to get people that you're targeting to click on it. And once you get those things in place, then then you're not gonna have to you know do ad campaigns or anything like that. Um, but if you focus on the organic growth, then you'll, you'll do fine long-term and your channel will be sustainable and all of that. But if you're just reliant on like, hey, I'm doing these ad spins and then I stop spending money and then everything kind of drops down and then I'll start getting some traffic and then I'll do some more ads and all that. Like just focus your efforts on growing organically because once you get that wheel working for you, then then all the other stuff just becomes irrelevant. You're not even gonna have to do it. So, um, so because of that, I would just focus all of your efforts on organic growth. Um, next on the list here, we've got Victor Black Ops Gaming says they do gaming content. Um, the goal of the channel is a hobby at the moment. They broke their foot, so they're doing this as something to kind of fill that time. <laughs> Hope your foot gets better soon. Um, the question is, I worked here on making my page look as clean as possible, but I see others just keep their um, simple with a like and subscribe in the description and get way more subscribers. Should I change anything or am I just hating? So um, when you are trying to make your page look as clean as possible, that's what you should do. The reason you should do that is because that is a feature of YouTube. So people do watch your videos or they watch your shorts um, or they interact with your live streams or whatever. And then some of those people will click through and they'll go directly to your YouTube channel, therefore presenting them with information about what it is that you do on the YouTube channel, making everything look good for them, making sure that you have playlists that you add as sections on your channel page so that as people land on your channel page and they start scrolling down on a computer or phone or TV or whatever, that they can see the content sets that are relevant to the things that they care about based on um, your YouTube channel. So because of that, you did the right thing by setting everything up. Subscribers themselves are not generated by how your channel page is set up. I mean, technically they can be because when they land on your channel page, if they have that clarity, I'm like, hey, they have a lot more content like this and I can see it without even having to look at any videos, then that can help somebody make that decision. Of course, driving them into more content from your channel page, then they can make that decision in your videos as well. But the real wins, like I'm thinking at scale here, the real wins come from the video content. Like anybody that's doing well on YouTube, if you go into their YouTube analytics, you're going to see that almost all of the subscribers are coming from the video watch page. That means each individual video on YouTube. So because of that, or you know their shorts or whatever. So because of that, um, what you need to think about is if the other channels that don't bother with that, um, that are doing better, the reason they're doing better, it's not because of how they set up their channel, it's because of the content that they're putting out and how well people are responding to their content compared to what it is that you're doing. So what that tells you is that you need to just kind of level things up a little bit and just keep working on your skill sets. I'm not even saying you're doing anything wrong, I'm just saying that you know where you're at right now, if you're like, hey, they're doing like way better and things like that, then at that point in time, it's like, okay, well, if they're doing better than me, then I need to work on either how I'm packaging this from the outside in terms of my topics that I'm deciding to make videos about, my thumbnails and my titles, um, and I need to make sure that I'm doing the best that I can possibly do right now um, with getting people to enjoy the actual content and then watch another video once they do. Um, if you focus on those things over everything else, then you'll do fine. 
Um, let's see here. Chantel says we're at 607 over on TikTok right now. So just as a heads up, if you are, um, if you do have a TikTok account, I'm trying to grow the account over there so I can live stream over there. Um, so I need almost 400 more uh, people over there. So it would be awesome if you would uh, go over to there and um, uh, subscribe over there. Um, I also wanna let you know for the people that are hanging out here, um, just in case you don't, cause I forgot to mention this um, earlier in the stream today, but um, my brother and I, we have a streaming or not streaming, but a music resource for you. So if you make content, you use video or you use music in your videos that you're putting together. Um, we have a free music resource called Creator Mix. You can find that at creatormix.com. Got a link to it down in the description, of course, as well. Um, but the whole idea there is that one, we know some people, you know, you just don't like you, you have other things that you're into, maybe YouTube's your side thing or whatever. So you're just like, Hey, I just want some music, but I don't want to pay like 20 something dollars a month for a subscription. So we got you covered. Um, if you want to stream the music in the background while you're live streaming, we've got you covered. Um, if you have a podcast, you want to have it playing there in your podcast, whatever we've got you covered. Um, but it's creatormix.com. We have a YouTube channel for it as well. You can subscribe to there. So, you know, you know, when updates are there, but if you go to uh, creatormix.com, you can create an account over there. You can download, you know, whatever you want um, and, you know, use it in your content. Make sure that you read the rules that we have there because there are some nuance in terms of, you know, how you use it. But um, but you can do all that for free. So um, so check that out. And if you just want to jam out to some really good music, um, we are also on Spotify where you can stream us over there. Um, we are also on Apple music. We are on Amazon, um, uh, Amazon music, all the music platforms. So if you just want to listen to some really good music, um, make sure that you, uh, you know, check that out, uh, as well. Um, <laughs> D D's still in here. He is like, you want to pull a heist and you need a driver. We got you covered. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so good. So good. So, um, let's see here. So next up on our list, <laughs> you want to do a heist, need a driver. We got you covered. You want to, you want to, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was it. You need some kneecaps cracked because someone owes you money. We got you covered. Yep. <laughs> mm. You need something. Uh, I'm not even going to say that one. Never mind. So I'll stop there. Yeah. So um, let's see here. So next up on the list, we've got uh, Quizzy on Demand. Quizzy on Demand says they do reaction slash vlog content. And uh, let's see here. So on the reaction vlog content, the goal of the channel is to get a big community and 10 million subscribers and 100,000 a month. And the question is, so I have a video that looks like it wants to go viral. It's getting three to 8,000 views a day. I looked at the retention on the channel. I have a big drop off, but it's steady after that. My question is, should I edit my video in the YouTube studio to cut out the content that dropped off? What can I do to keep this momentum going? So if it's already going, let it go, right? Let it go if it's already going. So um, in terms of like the drop off when it comes to YouTube, like the initial drop off is relatively common. Um, um, in terms of like people coming into the, uh, you know, coming into the video and then you just haven't grabbed their attention yet. And then bam, you grab their attention and then it'll flatten out. Um, that's a really common pattern um, when it comes to YouTube. So you're doing the right thing. Um, just keep on, you know, keep on keeping on. And instead of th looking at that one video that's already doing well and saying like, hey, should I go in and edit this? Don't touch it because it's already doing well, but start trying to uncover why you think it is. Like, why do I think that did well? Why do I think people responded to this? What did I do in the thumbnail? What did I do in the title? Why do I think 
think those things mattered to people. Um, when my video started, what did I do? Um, after the first 10 seconds, what did I do? 15 seconds, what did I do? And so on, and break it down through the entire thing and see if you can re recreate something similar, but something different. So something similar in terms of structure and how you bring people through it and all of that based on you know your research on what it is that your audience is interested in and so on. Um, so you recreate it that way, but based on the information that you have from the video that's already doing well. So do that instead of like trying to, you know, workshop that video uh, that's already out. Um, let's see here. Next up on our list, we've got her real review says that they do TV and movie reviews. The goal of the channel is to recommend and discuss television shows and movies, also media analysis. The question is, I want to start making video essays to help my channel. Any suggestions or recommendations? Make good essays. So I would watch all of the essay channels and I would write notes on how fast they speak. I would write notes on how often they cut. I would write notes on the actual stories that they're telling, the things that they choose to focus people on. I would read all their comments to see the feedback that they're getting, all of those things, so that you can you know, just get a really good understanding of the people that are watching that type of content so that you can make sure that you are doing the things that those people respond to based on your understanding of them. Um, so I would definitely make sure that you're doing that. And hey, speaking of recommending and discussing television shows, Anybody here watch Wednesday? If you've watched Wednesday, uh, just say me. So I don't know that the reviews are, I don't know the, the the response that people have had with Wednesday, but we ended up like watching it. I, I actually really enjoyed, I really enjoyed Wednesday um, myself. It's uh, it's Wednesday from the Adams family. So, you know, for you older folks in here, um, you remember the Adams family. So um, so it's Wednesday from the Adams family. They have a whole series about her and um, and I like it. It's, it, it, it's pretty good. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm digging it so far. Salad cream boy, Nigel says, loved it. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, any other feedback here? Do you guys like it? Got me. So yeah, so we got some people watching it. Oh, two times. So you're watching it. Okay, so yeah, so you're definitely liking it if you're watching it again. Renee says, Wednesday was terrific. Apparently, it's smashing records on Netflix. Oh, nice, nice. Gonna start watching it, me. Okay, yeah, good. So we got some, uh, we got some people watching it. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I didn't know it was smashing records and stuff. Like, we just watched it. Like, we're like, you know, hey, all oh, this looks interesting, you know, because you know how it is on Netflix. It's like, you open Netflix and then you sit there and you just go, you're just like, like you, like you sit down to spend like, Hey, let's spend like an hour watching Netflix. And you spend the first like 50 minutes, just like flipping through stuff, looking for something to watch. So Wednesday we went with that one because it was like, you know, it was like, you know, Hey, you know what? It, at least it's Adam's family. So maybe this will be okay. So then we, uh, you know, it'll be quirky in some way. So we, uh, so we clicked into it and I was like, wow, this is, this is actually, you know, this, this is pretty good, pretty entertaining. So, uh, yeah, definitely, uh, dig it. Droning Western Australia says I watched Wednesday on Thursday. <laughs> Should watch it on Tuesday, right? Should watch Wednesday on Tuesday. So then you know it's coming, right? <laughs> so good. So, uh, the next question that we have here, uh, on our list is, uh, we've got, Fit Lego guy. Oh, really quick. According to the data released by Netflix, it surpassed Stranger Things record as the platform's most watched title ever in a single week. Holy cow. I didn't know that. Wow. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. So I guess, yeah. Okay. Well, no wonder. Yeah, it was good. Um, let's see here. So Fit Lego guy. Um, is our next question here. They have a Lego channel. The goal is to make a living on doing Lego reviews and news sharing my hobby with others. The question is, if I put an affiliate link in a pinned comment, is it okay with YouTube or is that something I shouldn't be doing? I do Lego reviews and I want to provide an easy way for viewers to pick up the product. So um, 
in terms of the right thing to do, I don't know. Um, maybe Renee could add some um, input into this. So in terms of the right thing to do with pinned comments to play it 100% safe, I'm not sure. So one, so here's some things that I know. And this is the reason that I personally <clears throat> don't add links to a pinned comment unless it's an on-platform link. So YouTube has a rule and I'm like always worried about nuance because if you mess up on YouTube, it's like really hard to unmess up or to fix it, right? If it's even possible at all. So because of that, YouTube has this rule to where if you post content on the platform or you post something on the platform for the purpose of driving people off platform, um, then um, that that's an issue, right? So because of that, me personally, because the nuance that could be within that, I don't post offsite links in my community feed. I think I might've done like one or two out of you know the whole time that I've been you know on YouTube that's not a member's post. Um, so I don't post offsite links in my community feed. I don't post offsite links in my pinned comments. Um, um, I do post them in the chat and other people post them in the chat here as well, which I think is okay. Um, but I try to reserve that stuff personally just for the video description because I try to be as compliant as I possibly can. Um, in terms of the right thing to do, of like, is it is it okay? Does YouTube actually care about that? I don't know. I, I really don't know. So for me personally, unless I did get some type of, you know, clarity on that um, in the future, me personally, I'm going to continue not to use the pinned comment um, as a way to drive people, you know, offsite. Um, I'm going to reserve that for my video descriptions. Um, in your case, you know, of course, you know, if you wanted to gamble, feel free. Um, I know that I have seen tons of content creators do exactly what it is that you're talking about and they're fine, but that doesn't mean that, you know, that, you know, the, you know, the compliance isn't going to show up and be like, you know, hey, Hey, you know, you got like 30 videos here with these affiliate links, you know, and, and cause some issues. So, okay, here we go. He says he doesn't have any specific knowledge about it, but I've seen tons of high performing videos, pinned comments with sponsor links. Yeah, same here. Like I, I've seen that, but I don't know uh, in terms of like, you know, you know, community guidelines and, you know, things like that, because there isn't, uh, you know, clarity on that. The only thing that um, that I can attach it to is the whole, you know, if you're creating something for the purpose of driving people off platform, but since it is contained within the video, my thought is that it's probably going to be okay, but because it isn't clear, I just don't want to get caught in the crossfire. <laughs> so because of that, I'm like, you know, like me personally, I don't recommend people, you know, do that. So, um, definitely make sure that you do that, uh, you know, at, at your own, uh, at your own risk. All right, so um, let's see our next question that we have here. D says, YouTube will let you know they don't like it by a community guideline strike. Yeah, and even with that, like if you hit up YouTube chat right now and you start asking them questions about that, what's going to happen there is they'll just send you to a bunch of just like help docs and all that stuff and and it'll just, you know, it'll they'll send you right back to the information that already doesn't have any clarity attached to it. Um, let's see here. So as we go, yeah, I don't know anybody that's had an issue with it either, D. Um, it's just one of those things that I personally, um, just, you know, don't want to do for the sake of, you know, just being paranoid, <laughs> the YouTube support loop says, um, let's see. So we've got skies, heavenly sweets is our next question here. And, um, they do cookie decorating content. That sounds fun. Um, the goal of the channel is to make a full-time income eventually and provide value to anyone who wants to learn or enjoy cookie decorating. The question is my wife and I started making videos about two months ago. The videos that we make are currently music um over her decorating cookies she's not ready to be on camera or speak on video yet would it be weird if i did voiceovers for the videos until she got comfortable enough on videos try it so you're new to youtube so one of the things that um that is just important to do here 
is to just experiment with all of that stuff. So when you are like, hey, I wonder if people would even watch a video with me, you know, doing the voiceover while she's doing the cooking, um, just try it, you know, cause you might find that people really love the sound of your voice while they like watching her do it. And that could be your thing, you know? So, um, so because of that, I would definitely, um, I would definitely experiment with it just to get a pulse and see, you know, if people like it or not. If they don't, then you don't have to do another one. Um, but if they do, then you can be like, Hey, this is our path. This is what we'll do. This could be our thing to where, you know, they see her hands making it, but I'm the one doing the uh, voiceover. Um, let's see here. Renee Ritchie says linking out arguably uh, reduces session time, but YouTube looks at so many signals to determine satisfaction anyway. It's one of those things that you have to figure out for your strategy for the uh, for the pinned comment there. So yeah, so like on that one, like what he's saying there is like if you cause somebody to leave the platform, if you cause the more people that you cause to leave the platform, that's like if there was a point system, then those would be negative points um, essentially, um, or at least taking away from the positive points um, in terms of you know sending people off platform. So consider that um, as well. History explained. Thank you for the super, super chat. Track. Says, um, do you think it's best not to drag a video's average view duration and retention through the mud with a sponsored integration in order to keep its performance optimal? So yeah, so basically when it comes to sponsored content, like one of the things that like, and I mentioned this earlier in the stream today too, but you'll hear me say a lot about like knowing for each piece of content. And this just comes down to content strategy, right? I'm putting this re video out for this reason. And then I'm going to put out this video for this reason, then this video for this reason. And then, you know, like these videos are going to do this. These videos are going to do this, right? So when you, when you know why it is that you're putting out the video, then in that case, you know, some of those types of things are okay. So for example, like, if you are, um, you know, publishing a video and you know it's a sponsored video and you know that, you know, you might take some type of retention hit there, especially if you put it, at, you know, towards the front, then in that case, you know that's going to happen and you know that it could possibly hurt the video. Now, to be fair, um, I've had plenty of videos that have done awesome that have sponsored content in them that have an interruptive bumper in the beginning. So basically video starts, I give the hook and then I completely interrupt the viewer experience with a bumper and then I get into the actual content itself. I've had videos just do awesome like that. But then I've also had some videos to where it just completely tanks them. So it's kind of like that balance, right? So this is one of those scenarios to where if you can work the integration into the content, then it's a bigger win for everyone compared to that interruptive experience. So the interruptive experience is good for making sure that the message gets heard, right? But if you want to, you know, do the solid for yourself, for them, um, and just for the, you know, performance of your video, then in that case, trying to, you know, integrate it in another way, or maybe put it at the end or something like that, um, would be the, the better approach there. So, you know, you'll see a lot of people like Ryan George as an example, where they'll do the content first, and then they will put the uh, the sponsored message at the end. And the reason they do that is because they front load the video with what the video what the viewers actually want, and then they share the sponsored message at the end. Now, keep in mind, um, you know, depending on the amount of views that you're getting and all of that stuff, if you put it at the end, that might not be what the sponsor wants based on the amount of views that you're getting and the and the percentage of people that would be completing the video in terms of making it worth their ad spend. Um, so it just all you know, there's a lot of variables there, um, but. But just one thing I would just make sure that you know is like if you do find that those videos when you put it towards the front if you find that they do take that impact um, hit just make sure that you're thinking about that like topically and that you're thinking about that as part of your content strategy like okay these are all going to be sponsored videos so because of that I want to put a high performing video in front of it I would have put a high performing video in back of it as well 
and some of these I'm also going to use and, and this is like where you're really mapping stuff out, right? So some of these I'm also gonna use to point back to that sponsored video, just because I know that sponsored video probably isn't gonna do as well as some of these other videos. So I'm gonna use some of these to actually hand off in the end back to this sponsored video um, as well, just to make sure that the brand gets, you know, the, the attention that they, um, you know, signed up for and all that. Uh, let's see here. So next up on our list, oh, Ryan George is awesome. Um, let's see here. So next up, we've got um, TVR Creators says that they do. Uh oh, just froze here. There we go. Um, let's see here. Do, 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 buy weekly content, YouTube for one year or more. So the type of channels for people, YouTubers getting their first camera um, or uh, for photography or video. The goal of the channel is to build a friendly community to help others. And the question is, um, I use the community tab to post new and old videos and ask questions to my viewers. Any tips to improve it or make it even better for my videos or for my viewers? Thanks again for all you do. Love your content. Thank you for the kind words. Um, when it comes to your community tab, um, the way that you're using it is correct. So another thing that you can do to improve it um, is if you do have content that your viewers, you know, typically watch together, um, then in that case, you know, making sure that you put playlists together for those. So for example, like if you, if you think of your viewers and this is where understanding your audience and what they need and what they care about is important. So in your particular case, you're going after content creators and they're buying like their first cameras for like photos and videos. So because of that, they're going to be looking at options. They're going to be looking at cameras in different price ranges. They're going to be trying to figure out like what all the best options are. So instead of just sharing one video, um, in your community, feed that is like, hey, you know, here's the best camera you can get for under $1,000. If you have other videos on your channel, let's say you have 10 videos on your channel, and these are all cameras that are under $1,000. And in that case, it would add more value to them. If you're like, hey, if you're looking for a new camera under $1,000, here's all my reviews on all these different cameras that are all under $1,000. So then they can go through and there's a really good chance that a lot of the cameras that they're considering are gonna be on that list. And then they can just sit there and watch through that entire playlist to figure out which one they want. So when it comes to thinking about your viewers, the whole idea is just thinking about like, okay, how can I use my community feed in a way to interact, right? And you're already doing that through asking questions and stuff. But when it comes to sharing video content there, like what can I share there that not only will help, you know, just drive more views to my channel, but also to where if they see that and they, you know, and they are looking for that, you know, list of cameras under $1,000 or whatever, then in that case, they can go in there and they can watch, you know, three videos, or if you have five videos, whatever, um, in order to get the information that they're actually looking for and they need and that they're seeking um, um, from, you know, from you and the videos that you're putting out. Um, let's see here. Next up on the list, we've got um, hike, walk, paddle is our next uh, one here. They do outdoor videos. The goal of the channel says it's my hobby. And the question is, what should seasonal channels do during the off season? For example, my channel is an outdoor channel and I see a drop in viewers in the winter. Um, if you are just on general outdoor stuff, then make some videos in the winter. Um, if you are not general outdoor stuff um, and you have something more specific that you're doing, then just make more content in the off season so that you can make sure that you have enough content to put out during the, uh, or during the on season so you can make sure you have enough content to put out during the off season. In addition to that, depending on specifically what it is that you're doing, you can also talk about additional things as well. So for example, you can say things like, uh, like let's say that you are showing people uh, how to play a sport 
and you know during the winter you just can't play that sport then in that case you could talk about you know like the the gear required things like that instead of actually teaching them about the sport you can talk about the gear you can talk about things you're looking forward to you know next season as opinion pieces things like that to just keep you know kind of checking in with your um with your audience so i would one try to find content like that that you can put out too if possible just make some videos in the winter um or uh um uh yeah yeah one of those two things so what I'm going to do now is I'm going to, we're going to go um, into a lightning round um, here. How this works is put a cue in front of your question. That's how I know it's for me. Drop it in the chat right here. And then um, once you drop it in the chat, then I'm going to just see the question. I'm going to try to answer as many as I possibly can here over the next few minutes um, in the lightning round. So again, how this works, you put a cue and then when I see it, then I'm just going to just start just trying to cruise through as many as I possibly can. And I'm gonna to try to be as succinct as possible so I can get through these um, you know, as fast as, uh, as fast as I can. So I'm just waiting for the first cue, waiting for the first cue, waiting for the first cue. Kathy Fit, you should have just dropped it right there because I would have seen it. Your question would have been this first question right here. Okay, so uh, uh, Amy Johnson says, um, uh-oh, hold on. There it is. What is the best way to stay engaged with the audience when you can't make long-form content? Um, community feed, and if possible, short-form content. But in your case specifically, um, community feed, and then, of course, making sure that you are answering you know, comments and things like that. Um, let's see here. Have you ever played Team Fortress 2? Um, I believe that I have. I think Team Fortress D, was that what we used to play at Brian's all the time? I know we we had a couple. I know we played uh, Half-Life over there, and I think we played Team Fortress 2 um, as well. So yeah, I think so. I think I have. Um, what are your thoughts on Vlogmas? Great question. So I think Vlogmas is good for the people that are already in the YouTube partner program who are trying to capture the opportunity of a lot more companies spending a lot more money on advertising during the season. So if your type of content is, you know, is is having a lot of spend like that, if you're already starting to see your ad rates go up, um, then in that case, uh, uh, you know, then then it's a win if that's the purpose. Um, however, if you're like not in the partner program yet and all of that, then in that case, me personally, I'm 100% against in that scenario against Vlogmas. And the reason for that is because Everybody's doing Vlogmas, not everybody, but tons of content creators are doing Vlogmas, which means YouTube is already competitive. There's already tons of content and there's already just a sea of content that people have the option to watch when they log onto YouTube. Granted, that is content, if your content is performing, that you can get suggested next to, which is a win. However, with the amount and volume of content that's gonna be pouring into YouTube this month, if you're not in the YouTube partner program where you can capitalize on the monetization side of that, um, then in that case, I would only do it if you could find a way to capitalize on the monetization side in terms of I'm doing videos every day making like, you know, lists of things that, you know, people could buy if it only if it applies to your content. Like, OK, um, I'm I'm building this up because I have like affiliate links in my description. So I'm going to do it for that reason. But if you're doing it just to do it, I wouldn't do it instead if I was doing it to like get in the partner program or something like that, if you're going to do a push like that, do it when everybody else isn't. Because then you're the person that's just like, you know, getting all that content out there and you're not competing. I mean, you're still competing with everybody, but you're not competing with that just huge mass amount of content that everybody's uploading every day. Um, so in my opinion, um, I think Vlogmas is good in some scenarios, as you just heard. And I think it's very bad in other scenarios. Um, another thing, 
is when it comes to blogmas, um, a lot of times people just be putting stuff out there to put stuff out there. And when that happens, you're just so trying to do the thing that you're not putting tons of thought or any thought behind it. And you're just flooding your channel with a bunch of stuff that in some cases cannot even be of much value to your viewers just so you can get that upload done that day. So um, so because of that, you know, depending on where you fall and all that information, um, I would just consider some of those things. Lord Commissioner Lex says, do I, I do content in Spanish and English? Should I have a separate channel for a specific playlist or the Spanish content? Um, yes, absolutely. Have two different channels. One channel is English and one channel is Spanish. Reason for that is because you don't want your English speaking viewers getting recommended your, your Spanish content and vice versa. It also makes it difficult for people to um, binge watch your content. So let's say, for example, I watch one of your English speaking videos because I speak English and I'm like, wow, this is great. I hit your channel page or even your videos page and I just randomly click on a video that looks interesting to me and it's in Spanish. I'm out. I'm out. I'm gonna unsubscribe if I subscribed because I'll be like, I'm not, I'm just not gonna spend the time looking through all your content trying to figure out what videos are in English. So have one channel that's Spanish and one channel that's English. Next, um, how can we promote playlists? Um, you can share them in your community feed. You can recommend them at the end of your videos. So for example, when somebody, when it gets to the end of your video, if somebody watched, you know, a video on whatever topic it is that you make videos about, um, then once somebody gets to the end, you wanna say something along the lines of, so you watch this video because of X, Y, Z or to whatever. Um, so um, I actually have an entire playlist full of content just like this. You can check out here, go ahead and click into that now. Um, and by doing that, making sure that you have playlists pinned in your pinned comment with a little message there, encouraging people to watch those, making sure that you have playlists down in your video description, make sure that you're also sharing playlists out in your community feed um, is what you can do to you know, promote, um, you know, promote more uh, uh, playlists. Um, let's see here. So my, my thing just jumped. So I'm kind of trying to scroll back up here on this. Here we go. Um, let's see here. So cue for questions, rethink vlogmas. Hold on. My, my screen scrolled. So I'm kind of scrolling up here looking for, okay. Engaged. Okay. Here we go. How can we promote? Oh, I just did it again, man. Why is this thing being weird? Okay, give me one second in the meantime. If you're enjoying the show, remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend right now. Boom. Oh, interesting. Okay, so that jumped us all the way, that jumped me all the way back up to when we were talking about Wednesday. Wow, that's crazy. Um, so let me roll this back down again. Okay, so um, GN Crypto says, how do you keep being consistent and disciplined? Um, it's just, you know, like, one, it's a challenge sometimes just because, you know, with everybody, you know, it's like when you do stuff, you know, all the time, sometimes, you know, you can just get bored with something for a period of time or whatever. Sometimes, you know, you're just like, huh, having trouble coming up with like a really good idea or a really good plan or whatever the thing is. So it just happens sometimes. Um, but you just keep, you know, doing the thing. Like for me, um, I lean on um, one, the value because I know that, you know, people do get value from what it is that I make. And I know that some of, you know, the people that interact with my content, um, they'll take the information and they'll do like awesome things with it. So, um, so that's like a huge motivating factor for me. Um, in addition to that, um, I like, 
like this side of things. Like when it comes to like live streaming and all that, like I love doing this because it gives me that opportunity to interact. Um, when it comes to the video content, like it's cool putting it all together. And I know that when I put it out that people will get value from it. Um, but for the video content, I don't have as much fun making that as I do the um, live streams themselves. But for me, the, the you know, how do you stay like motivated and stuff? Um, it really comes down to that. And plus, I mean, it's like, what else are you gonna do? Like, you know, you can like, you're either gonna like slack off or you're gonna do the thing. And if you're slacking off, then in that particular case, like you know that you should be doing the thing. So you might as well just go do the thing because in a lot of cases, the thing that you're doing when you're slacking off isn't gonna do anything to like really improve your life. So like if you're if you're slacking off and you're like like playing video games, like that's not gonna that's not gonna benefit you in any way unless you're a YouTuber that's a gamer and you're actually using that to make content. Um, but if you're just like slacking off and doing that, um, you know, it's not gonna like it's not gonna like add any real value to your life. Whereas if you're like, hey, let me just make a video instead, then that can add, you know, a, a substantial amount of value to your life um, once you get people to respond, you know, well to your content if you're not already. Um, let's see here, man, I'm, I'm having this thing here with, uh, with everything scrolling around. So have you seen Andor and did you like it? Um, I have seen parts of Andor, but I haven't finished it yet. Um, so no real opinion. I like how it started, um, but I don't have, um, a full thing on that, um, on that one yet. Cause I haven't completed it yet. Um, let's see here. Question. How do you stay consistent? Okay. How long does it roughly take for YouTube to understand my niche? My last video got suggested all over the place from all kinds of videos that have nothing to do with the topic. So this is a really common thing that you're going to see on YouTube. And this is going to happen like all the time. The reason it's going to happen all the time is because when, um, when you publish videos on YouTube, one thing that you're going to know, or we'll do it this way. As a viewer on YouTube, you're gonna notice that like if you're watching one of my videos, YouTube is gonna show you in the suggested videos, they're gonna show you um, a bunch of other videos. Some of them are gonna relate, be related to the content that you're watching, but others are just gonna be related to some of the other channels that you interact with. So because of that, Suggested videos these days, because it used to be different, but these days, suggested videos are more catered towards the viewer than, than, than anything. So for example, if I watch your videos and I love your videos, and I happen to be watching a video from um, uh, Little Crafty Nook, I'm watching one of her videos, and I'm like, you know, I, I click on her video and I'm like watching it and YouTube knows that I like your content. There's a really good chance that if you just published a video that YouTube is going to show me that video um, over in the sidebar. So in terms of, you know, you getting traffic from all these different videos, it's not necessarily that YouTube says, hey, you're a great fit for this video. It's more about one, they are testing your content in different places, but it's also that people that are already interacting with your channel in some way could also be watching those channels and some of those videos, and therefore your videos are showing up there and people are coming in that way. Um, so it's not necessarily that YouTube doesn't know who your content's about or what your content's about or who it's for. Um, the way that you better identify that is if you go and you look at your, um, in your um, analytics, you'll see other channels that your viewers are watching. So you wanna try to make sure those line up as much as they possibly can in terms of, you know, niche, um, in terms of, you know, making sure that, you know, everything, it, that you're in that cluster, um, so to speak, of, of channels is the, um, is the idea there. Um, let's see here. Okay, so my, my thing's being all weird here. So, um, so I'm going to just, oh, wait, nope, man. Okay, here we go. I think I got like a little group of them here. Okay, so the first one here, um, we got hamster wheel, doo -doo -doo -doo, looking for the queue. I have high view time. This is from Stor uh, Stormy Berman. I have high view time watch, but low total view count. 
Okay, so that means you know some people are coming in. If you have a low total view count, that means that you probably have low impressions as well. So that means the people that are coming in, um, they're enjoying the content, which is good. So um, so if they if that continues to happen at a high rate, then the video might do better later on. Um, let's see, combat aviation. Thank you for the kind words. Um, I have a lifestyle channel, but I do. Um, oh man, it just scrolled away. Yeah, my, my, my chat right here is just going crazy. Okay, so um, I'm just, because the chat's going crazy and we're at time, um, I'm just gonna call it. So um, thank you everybody for hanging out today. I hope that you got some value from, you know, from hanging out in the stream here today. Um, I will be live streaming again next Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern as well, so I hope to see you there. Um, in addition to that, I'm, I'm probably gonna be doing the monetization live stream this coming week that during that live stream, um, what we do is we actually pull up channels and we look at them from a, how are you gonna monetize this perspective. And it's not like how we, you know, used to do things in terms of like, hey, get your channel art, make sure you have, you know, playlists on your channel page and stuff like that. This is like, this is the type of channel. How are you currently monetizing? What are some things you could start doing to start monetizing like right now? Um, that's what those streams are. So I think I'm going to be doing one of those this coming week. Hopefully we got some good news um, or we have some news of some kind that we can talk about this coming week um, as well. But I'll also be uploading a video this week also. So make sure you keep an eye out for that. And um, thank you so much for hanging out. If you are a new content creator, I do want to remind you that during these live streams, we talk about a ton of stuff. Um, and, you know, through talking about all this stuff, in some cases, it might be like, man, I have this huge mountain to climb. I do want to let you know that YouTube is hard. It can be challenging, but just like anything else that you're going to do in life, it's a, it's a learning process. So what you need to focus on, you know, right now, if you're just getting started is one, making sure that you're just understanding the language in terms of making sure you understand what analytics are, audience retention reports are, click through rate, all that stuff. Make sure you're understanding the language of what's going on. So if this is a platform you're wanting to compete on, you got to, you know, understand the lingo, make sure that you are also focusing on building the skill sets, because if you focus, if you just like up upload videos willy-nilly, in some cases they'll do okay, but if you just upload videos willy-nilly and just hope people are gonna like them, in some cases they will, but if they don't just, you know, start responding well to them, then that means that you're gonna have to, you know, put in some additional work to, you know, figure out how to make content that people enjoy more because you're making content for other people. So just focus on the skill sets um, in terms of like, how do I learn how to make better thumbnails? How do I learn how to write better titles? How do I learn how to edit videos better? Things like that. Focus on the skill sets, focus on understanding the, uh, you know, platform um, itself and, you know, the different features, all that stuff. I've got content for all of these things, um, but basically just you do have a challenge ahead of you, but you can do it. Um, it's just a process that you have to go through and just things that you need to learn and skills that you need to develop. So if you're just having trouble right now and you're like, man, I just can't get that momentum yet, just keep working on it and keep trying to build those skill sets. Um, because you know, once you do get those things in place and once you get that better understanding of how things work and how to you know, make content for other people, um, then that's where things you know, really can start to change for you. So again, thank you so much for hanging out. Everybody have an awesome rest of your weekend and um, I will see you next time. I think I'm still live. Yep, I am. Oh, yeah.